tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Morning, welcome along to Tip Today, 1800-938-007. That's our free phone number. Won't cost you to make a call. And Ali is producing today. Coming up on the show, a listener claims there's little out of hours medical care in Thurnus. Should the rules on unaccompanied drivers be relaxed? We'll hear from a Templemore man who's appealing for help in finding the gentleman who saved his life. Superintendent Eddie Golden will talk to us about road safety ahead of Bank Holiday Weekend. The magician Steve Spade will be with us live in studio. We have a taste of this week's uh, Down Your Way. In our health slot, Muriel will talk to us about sugar poisoning. We'll hear about Anina Mann's documentary on Mabel Wallace, the almost 100-year-old Tipperary woman. And the Tip FM clock that is still ticking away 20 years later. So all of that and much, much more on the way. You can text and WhatsApp 083 311 You can email tiptoday at tipfm.com. We have a prize for you as well and I'll tell you about that a little later on in the programme. Let's have a look at what's making headlines in your newspapers today to the Irish Independent. First of all, And their main story on the front page, the public's health is at risk and nature is being damaged uh, because more than half of the country's sewage is released into rivers and coastal waters without proper treatment. An Environmental Protection Agency report says that Ishka Erin, or Irish Water as we might know it better, is not doing enough about the problems with a multi-billion euro investment needed in treatment plants over at least two decades. The Irish Daily Mail and... uh, the story that uh, kicked off over the last couple of days and it's still live indeed. The Taoiseach gave permission for the controversial plan to curtail Ukrainian accommodation uh, to be raised at Cabinet without the knowledge of the Taunishta and that's according to the uh, Daily Mail so that will cause some consternation. Uh, that story also covered in the Irish Times today on the front page there and they're talking about those proposals to time limit housing for Ukrainians uh, being criticised. It's kind of interesting, you know, that because the government is basically now saying that they don't know whether or not they could provide accommodation and all additional supports if a further 30,000 to 50,000 people arrived over the course of the next year. And based on current numbers, indeed, it wouldn't be too far off that. But if you voiced those concerns over the last couple of years you would have been branded as being right-wing and heartless and racist and pro-Russian and and all of these things. But now it seems to be acceptable enough to to make those uh, statements. I just wonder, what what do you make of that? The Irish Times uh, front page as well, we're hearing that a significant number of extra providers will offer access to abortion services in the coming months, and that's according to a briefing note compiled by the Department of Health to the Irish Examiner. 
And um, their main story there fears a further derelict house tragedies. The family of a man who lay dead and undiscovered in his Cork home for over 20 years has called for a full review of the state's derelict sites regulations to ensure that a similar tragedy doesn't happen again. Also, there's a cautionary tale on the front of the examiner because health authorities have warned of serious risks from fake medicines that claim to contain the same ingredient as the weight loss uh, drug Ozempic after a massive upsurge in product seizures in the past 12 months. So let's have a look, having a look at what's making headlines in your newspapers today. And uh, if you want to make comment on any of that, once again, 083 311 Now, of course, the newspapers were put to bed too soon to cover that uh, dreadful story that's emerging from the United States. At least uh, 22 people have reportedly been killed in the U.S. city of Lewiston, Maine. And a search is underway for the gunman. Seemingly, the incidents happened uh, before uh, midnight Irish time. And uh, they kicked off at a restaurant there and went on to a, a bowling alley uh, as well. And uh, uh, Lewiston residents, as well as those in the nearby town of Lisbon, have been told to shelter in place at this stage because the gunman is still at large. So another dreadful, dreadful uh, tragedy there of... Uh, Uh, gun use in uh, the United States. Now, moving on and more locally, the crisis in our health system has been uh, an ongoing conversation on the show, and Alan Kelly spoke to me yesterday about his frustration in trying to get government action on the issue. Today, again, we've had more calls, more texts from listeners who are just unable to access basic health services, and Jody joins me now. Jody, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm well, Jody, and lovely to talk to you. Will you tell me yes. about your experience with your grandson, Jody? No. Well, it was my daughter-in-law actually had the experience, and um, uh, my little grandson uh, became ill uh, one day last week, one evening last week, and uh, my daughter-in-law rang at the out of hours Shannon Dock, as you would call it, and uh, at nine o'clock, and the nurse never got back to her until half past ten. And when she got back to her, she told her that she'd have to go all the way to Nina because there is no such thing as out-of-hours doctor in Thurles after 9pm. Okay? So on her way to Nina, there was a crash on the road, so she was diverted to go all around the back roads and whatever. She got into Nina and uh, to be told that the doctor was not there, that the doctor was attending a crash uh, back in Thurles. So he didn't get there until after 12 and by the time he saw her and by the time she got home, because on her way back then, she was diverted again all around the country, as you know. And it was 3 a.m. by the time she got home with her 10-month-old baby on her own in the car because my son was at home with his other son. And, you know, Fran, it's just an absolute disgrace. Absolutely disgraceful. I didn't know this, you see. I did not know that there was no after-hours doctor in Thurles after 9pm. I thought that Shannon Dock was there and it was there, twenty, you know, not 24-7, but we say from yeah. 6 o'clock in the evening until, you know, the early, until the, the early hours of the morning or the following morning or whatever. I didn't realise that we had no such thing as cover that you'd have so to go. So is that but, your understanding then, Jodie, that after 9 o'clock, anybody in yeah. the Thurles area, you'll be diverted yeah. to Nina? You have to go to Nina. You have to drive to Nina. And then when she met the doctor... The doctor even himself was frustrated. He said, this is a joke. He said, I'm only after coming from Thurles. He said, and you're after coming all this way over here. With a 10-month-old. 
with a 10-month-old baby, and he said, this is just ridiculous. He said, it's absolutely ridiculous, he said, to have to travel all this way. And he said to her then, he said, perhaps maybe I think you need to go to Clamel now with your child. And and she said, ah, look at, you know, he's only 10 months old. He, she said, Tama, get down to Clamel, go through A&E and the whole lot. Uh, he just said, look at, OK, we will leave it and see how he's doing. He had a double ear infection and a, and a chest and, and a throat infection because he's teething, you see. And yes. see, every time he te- every time he gets in a new tooth, he seems to get an infection. Yeah, and my but, own but he son was a very sick little diagnosed. child. He was very sickly yeah. and whatever. But look at Fran, it's just an absolute joke. Now, I'm calling on our TDs here in Tipperary to get up. I don't mean this in a bad way, but just, just take note of this. And, you know, I mean, small children... And mothers going off on the road at that hour of the night and and driving on on their own through you know mm. I mean there were two accidents there was one in Bursley and there was one on the Nina Road yes. so there was two accidents that night and it's a very road. it's a very bad road very well. bad road yeah. and then she diverted all I don't know where oh, would you be diverted I don't I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I don't down, understand down, down back was, roads, you can be sure. All yeah, down yeah, back yeah. roads, and then she got lost, and oh my God, it's just a nightmare, an absolute nightmare, friend. You know, and you know, it's just our mental services, and mental service. Uh, that's another, yeah, that's another yeah. topic that you could talk about that for a whole year. But it's just our our services are just so bad, you know, and we're 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 living in the twenty first century, and look at what medical, you know, we're like as if we're in the Stone Age, you know, to, to be... And, to and Jody, will you compare this, when you were bringing up kids, um, will you yeah. compare the service that was there? Oh, I mean, oh my God. We had a Dr. Lonergan, and I'm going to mention her name, of the Premier Health Clinic, an absolute lady. Yeah. You could ring them any time of the day or night, and she was there. Always she available. Was yeah. Always available. And Dr. Paul was always available. He is now has the Premier Health Clinic in Thurles and whatever. They were always available. And if they, you know, if you rang them and they'd be with you within, we'd say within a half an hour. And they'd be with and you. They would go to they, you. They would come to your house. They'd yeah. come to your house. But no such thing as that anymore. And I did hear of that if a doctor does happen that you could come to your house, they charge 100 euro. I, just, I didn't hear that. I, I didn't yeah, even know yeah, that they yeah. they would come to your house. Well, you see, if I, I think it's on a very, very... Yeah. During the day, if it's a very, very urgent case. But you whatever. know, when I tell younger people that a doctor, when you called a doctor years ago, they would get in their car and they would come to your house, yeah. They they, yeah. they can't get their head around that sort no. of service. It's crazy. Fran, what I, I am going to say now is that... If you are an animal in this country, you get a vet quicker to come and look at your animal than you get a doctor to come and look at a person. And it's, that is so That's, that's a big sad. statement, Jody. It is so sad and it's very, very sad. I see it myself. If we have a horse in the yard and if, if, if the horse isn't well, you ring a vet, you have a vet within an hour or two. You ring a doctor, oh, I, he might be able to see you next week. You could be dead by the time you get to see your doctor. Where, where did it all go wrong, Jody? Uh, where did it all go? I just, I, I personally have this big gripe with the HSC that mm. it's a big monster and they're throwing money at it and money at it and money at it. And do you know what is wrong within the HSC, Fran? Is that they're 
sending everything out to um, agencies. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want a job, oh, go to an agency. Now, my mum was in Limerick Hospital there a couple of years ago. She broke her femur and uh, there was a girl, mum said to me, see that girl over there, Josephine? And I said, yeah, she's working for a private company that you used to work for. Mm. And I said, oh, really? So I got talking to the girl anyway. The girl was able to tell me that she was sitting, they called it special, that you sit beside the patient, you know, Mm. on a chair and watch them and you don't have anything to do, just sit and watch them Mm. and make sure they're safe and whatever. And it was a Sunday and she was getting €320 tax-free, well, after tax, into her hand for that Sunday. Wow. Wow. I mean, friend, people are only getting that for a week's uh, uh, for a week's wages. So, you know, so yeah, and when we hear about an overrun on their budget and all of this, kind, uh, this this is the kind of thing that's slipping under the radar. But you see, it? the thing about it is, Fran, they, right, okay, she was getting that, but the agency then was getting a fee on top of that of from the HSC. So it's probably costing the HSC 500, 500 euro for that one person for that day, for that eight-hour shift. You know, it's just... Ridiculous. Yeah. I'm sorry to say it's ridiculous. And, and, and now, now, sorry. No, sorry, no, no, sorry. go on, go on, Julie. I beg your pardon. Now they're yes. talking about an embargo. Yeah. I mean, they don't have staff, friend. They're talking about this big white elephant of a, of a children's hospital. Yeah. They won't have the staff to put in it, to tell the God's untruth. My beautiful niece, who trained here in Ireland and, you know, wanted to stay here in Ireland but had no option to go to Australia. And like your son, it's just heart wrenching to let your child go. It's hard, but they have to they have to spread their wings and you know and uh, experience life and work and whatever. I'm just they, I, I don't they, mean to be a pessimist. But no, they do, Jody. But, but the thing about it is that you know, okay, they can get jobs here, but to see a future mm. in terms of buying a house or building a house, no, that's not, that's where all not. the difficulty lies. You know, absolutely, absolutely. There's not, and you know something, friend. You know, I don't mean to be a pessimist because normally I'd be upbeat and say, oh, look, at this is what it is and this is what it is. And my grandmother used to always say, Alana, it can't, it can't get any worse. It has to come around. It has to get better, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever. It's, you know, well, it's, I, I'm not it's, sure because we've said that over the years, it can't get mm, any, any, any worse. Mm, Could mm, I put something to you, Jody? And I'm sort of yeah. careful about saying this because I have a few friends who are doctors and I, I, the, the, this isn't to come down on doctors, but... The, the the notion of the care docs and the Shannon docs and all of these yeah. sort of amalgamations of doctors so that doctors can have a bit of free time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say that that's not really working out? You know? I don't think it is, friend, because, um, you know, why? what's wrong with having the doctor, Shannon doc, in Perlis and leaving it there? Well, you, you, know? s- you see, there's a lack of doctors. I think that that's at the... There, there, is this, a lack, is there is a lack of doctors, but that doctor that saw my daughter-in-law that, that, that night at the early hours that morning, he was so frustrated. He said, this is an absolute joke. He said, dragging you all the way from Thurless. He said, and I was in Thurless. You know, it's just whether it's the, the system it's worked, whether it's the, the, the nurse or the secretary or whatever, within the Shannon docs, I don't know. Like, I mean, it took her an hour and a half to ring my daughter-in-law back. You know? No, I'm sure it wasn't her Fine. fault in that she was struggling, obviously, to find she somebody. She was probably, to, 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 probably absolutely, yes. fan. and you see, of course, there was two crashes that night, so that was probably a circumstance that, yes. that they didn't envisage. But to ask somebody, you know, when you ring at nine o'clock, uh, to ask somebody and not come back to them until half past ten and then say, oh, you have to come all the way to Nina. I mean, 
what I mean, this is that's ridiculous with a small baby at 10 months old, and especially in the times we're living in, yes. to be driving on your own, you know, and whatever. But and then when she got to Shannon Dock, it had moved to a, a, a different area in, 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 in Nina, and there was two undesirable standing in the car park where she pulled in and whatever, that she had to lock her doors. Yeah, this was late and at night. Ra- and... Yeah, and she rang the, 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 the Shannon Dock number and she told them she was there and they said, would you, the doctor's delayed, but do you want, would you like to come in? She said, yes, please, I have to. Because she was afraid of staying in the car because there were two two guys hanging around and, you know, I mean, that hour of the morning, it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. That's all, you know, and as well as yeah. a friend, I could go on about the mental health service. It's just on its knees, absolutely on its knees, Frank, Fran. And my heart goes out to, you know, especially the young young people that are living on their own and have no support and whatever. It's just... It's and just are you hearing or seeing anything that might lead you to believe that there's some plan or there's a vision there or there's... No. No. no, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. And I worked within the health service for 18 years between the private and the public yeah. and whatever. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's, I, I just, I don't think there's anybody able in this country or able to manage the HSE. It's just a monster. And for your man, the head guy in the HSE now to say he's not taken any any um, instructions from, from the government. From the government, you know, yes. Yeah. He's, going to do his own, he's going to do his own thing. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, who pays these guys? Well, there's you know? a disconnect there immediately yeah, then, isn't probably, there? With the, and, uh, absolutely, yeah. friend. And as well as that, there's a disconnect between the government departments. One guy doesn't know what the other guys do. You know, they don't know what's going on. They're, you know, they were talking about the Ukrainians, you know, and having now don't mean this any disrespect to the Ukrainians. They, my heart goes out to them and whatever. But Kira Kelly on News Talk the other morning had a lady on from the Ukraine that was able to tell her that people are coming from Kiev in in the Ukraine where there's no war. They're coming here for the free packages. Exactly what the, the girl said and whatever. And, and Michal Martin saying that uh, Ukrainian yeah. people are coming from other countries um, yeah, yeah. here because it's, well, and she they're looked after better, I suppose, yeah. Absolutely. She yeah. said she's got free accommodation here and uh, the benefits and the whole lot. And she goes home to the Ukraine and they're able to sit out having coffee. There's Everything is grand. So I mean, well, we know well, it's it's not grand everywhere not, there, no, but no, there are no, certainly. Not, no. yeah, yeah, I understand yeah, that, friend. Yeah. But in the UK, in the cave where she comes from, she said it's fine, and she said she's not the only one. There's a lot of Ukrainians, Ukrainians doing this now. No disrespect to them; they need a home. Fantastic, they have to have a home or whatever. But Fran, I'm sorry, but our own people mm. are. But do you do you find it interesting and I made this point at the very top of the program Jody that over the last couple of years I mean if you said that a cap needs to be put mm. on the numbers of people who are coming in here yes. only only because we can't look after them properly. If you yes. said that you'd be branded heartless, racist, yes. right wing, yes. all of these. Now the government is saying that themselves. Yeah, yeah. but you, you see friend the government we have do you turn like that, you know, one minute everything is oh we have to do the and next thing bang it's change of change of story and it's U turn and it's 
oh, we didn't say that. Oh, what are you talking about? We never said that. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, I just don't know, friend. If I was younger, if I was younger than my 60, 62 years, I would be, I would have left this country and I would, don't think would I'd ever. Would you, Jody? I, yeah. I would, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and would, the people of your own age that you might be chatting to or socialising with, Jody, are they of the same mind? Yeah, I'm sure a lot of them are, friend, because it's just, I suppose people, you know, a lot of people, you know, like pensioners. And my mum, I see my mum inside struggling on her pension and whatever. And it's just not fair to see my mother struggling on her pension and trying to pay everything and whatever. And the years she worked for 60, 60, 70 years nearly and whatever that she worked in the system and paying her taxes and peers and all that. When you can watch a programme on TV the other night with Baz was on and he was talking about, um, he was talking to this lovely lady from Kilkee in County Cork um, that is in Norway. And the way the Norwegians government look after their, their pensioners and their old age people, nursing homes are free. Oh, it's just, she just said, she couldn't move back to Ireland, you know, when she retires and she will be retiring in two years' time, this lady. And she said, I can't. She said, because why would I? And, you know, she said, I know my taxes are a bit high now. But she said, I don't mind because when I'm older, I'll get a free nursing home. I'll free medical care, free everything, you know. And here in Ireland, pensioners are struggling on their And and they're ending up on trolleys in in hospitals where they have no dignity. And you know all about this, Jodie. Oh, God, I do. I do, I do. And, you know, it's it's just... Do you know what I think? And and I'm going to be probably lambasted for this, but I think there's a lack of respect is gone in this country. Respect for for human life. And that's a big statement. And I'm sorry, friend, but that's how I feel. And and still we're being lauded for the compassion that we have for Ukrainian people and for other asylum seekers yeah, here. Yeah, but I'm sorry now, but Fran, you know my, my granny always said charity begins at home and I'm sorry, and that's a big statement as well, that, you know, we have our own people, our own youngsters having to get on a plane and say goodbye to their family and go off to Australia, go to New Zealand, go to Canada. I mean, I myself got uh, an email from a Canadian recruitment company to know would I would I like to, to would I like to a job in Canada and relocate to Canada, and I'm 62, you know. So there is big recruitment drives out there from Canada, from New mm. Zealand, from Australia, looking for nurses, doctors, carers. Yes, but they're taking they're taking our brightest and our best, then, and we're allowing that to happen when yes. we never needed them as much, Jody. Yes. So what this is it, and Fran, if you have something wrong with your house, if you need a plumber, an electrician, oh my God, it's so hard to get anybody yeah. because yeah. they're not there. And and the big thing is, I feel with the nursing end of it now, I used to look after a lovely gentleman, and he used to always say to me, Josephine, the day they took the student nurses out of the hospital and put them into universities and whatever, he said that's the day that things went down within the, the nursing uh, establishment, he said, because if you had a student nurse there, at least you got, you know, if if you called her, you got a drink of water or whatever, now you're ringing a bell and the poor nurses need roller skates. And my understanding, Jodie, and you might might correct me with this, but my understanding is that nursing training now is more academic, it's more college-based, is it not? That's it, oh, absolutely, yeah, 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 100%, and they're only then in the hospital for, for periods of time, whereas before they were in hospitals 
yes. most of the time. That, and that then was their training, essentially. Yeah, yeah. That was their training. Yeah. And anyway, you know yourself that bought edu- uh, experience education is way better than bought education course, any day, you know, course, and yeah. whatever. And that is the problem with our country that, you know, our lovely student nurses, you know, I know it's, it's you know, it's a degree course now and the whole lot, and I understand, I have no problem with that, but, you know, just take them out of the hospital, sure, you know, we don't have them. All right, Jodie, you know, I, I must leave it there, but thank you I'm so much. For, I'm sorry not, for... I'm sorry for... Not at all. <laughs> no, I'm, it's just... A, it's just a, a, you know, when you have... When you have small children in the family and to see something like, you know... Of course. And I'm looking at the screen in front of me here and if it's any help to you, Jody, everybody is agreeing with you completely and absolutely where your points are yes, concerned. I know. Really good to talk to you, Jody. Be, be safe and well and thank you for and coming friend, on with me. And friends, sorry, can I just say to you, of you can. Your, son, your son will be fine. It's, it, uh, Australia is a wonderful country and he'll be home before you know it. Ah, you're very kind. Thanks very much yeah. to you, Jody. Thank Not you. Good morning to you. And uh, that's Jody speaking to us uh, very eloquently today. I'm sure you'll agree. Some people looking to know about the comparison in terms of the provisions that um, Ukrainian people are getting here by comparison to other uh, countries. If a Ukrainian person goes to Belgium, they will get the princely sum of 790 a week. In Hungary, they'll get 13 euro plus. In Austria, 41. In the Czech Republic, they'll get 42. In Greece, 50. In the Netherlands, they'll get 53 euro. In Luxembourg, 63. In Portugal, 68. In Italy, 75 euro. Denmark, 82. Britain, 95. France, they'll get 99 euro each. In Spain, it's 100 euro. And in Germany, it's 112 euro. In Ireland, the provision is 200 and 20 euro per week. 083 311 Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. There's Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Interesting email from a listener. It says, Hi Fran, I know this is a strange request, but if you could help, I'd appreciate it. I had an argument outside the Kaloshta in care this morning with a guy in a car. He beeped at my son as he crossed the road. Now, he was completely correct, but I saw red. I swore and I shouted at him. And I need to apologise, as this is not my style. My mother-in-law has just passed away and I was not thinking straight, so apologies to the 191... Uh, Volvo driver this morning. Thanks, it says, and that's in from D. Well, it's a, it's a big person that will apologise when they're in the wrong, so uh, fair play to you. I had a similar, well, a kind of a similar incident uh, recently because I was in a shop and this gobdo uh, blamed me, incorrectly in fact, as it turned out, uh, for jumping the queue. And again, <laughs> I had been out late and I was tired and I was kind of grumpy. And I, yes, I was unpleasant, shall we say, to the gentleman in question. So I know, I know where you're, you're coming from. Sure, we all have, we all have bad days. 
0833113311. Now, we are really holding out for a hero this morning because if you were in Templemore last week, just casually having lunch, and you helped a man having trouble, you may not have thought it at the time, but you probably saved his life. And Martin joins me now. Good morning to you, Martin. Good morning, Mr. Curry. And Mr. Curry, I love, it's a long time since I was called Mr. Curry, Martin. Will you tell me what happened at the Templemore Arms, Martin? I was in the hotel, and there was a great staff in the hotel. Fantastic and hotel, good yeah. chef and yeah. good grow. Yeah. And I got a, a chicken curry mm. and chips. And I was sitting down having this, and the next thing, a bit of chicken got caught in my neck. And I couldn't call anyone. I couldn't do anything. So I stood up and I drank a drop of water to see would that take it down, and it didn't. The water started coming out in my eyes. And I turned around, and there was a man passing, and I tipped him on the shoulder. And he turned around and looked at me. So I painted at my place, and then I painted to my throat. So he walked all around me, trying his two hands and got me shot in the stomach. And the chicken flew up. So you you were choking, Martin. You were, yeah, you were choking sure. on the piece of chicken. Yeah, it was just a small piece. Yeah, yeah, of course. It wasn't a hotel spa now or anything. Of like course that. not, of course. But yeah. I just got caught and I drank a cup of orange crust and that wouldn't take it down. And the water started coming out of my eyes. And I t- this man was passing and I tapped him on the. and I painted to me plate and then I painted to me throat. So I turned around and he gave me a shot in the stomach and the chicken flew back up. And I, I, I didn't know who he was and I'd like to thank him for it. And he, he saved your life because you were choking, Martin. Yeah, absolutely choking. My God, and wasn't it well that he spotted exactly what was going on? Well, I painted to me play for it and then I painted yeah. to me throat. So I came all around me and changed his hands and gave me a shot and the, the chicken came up. Yeah, and that, that's, what, what's that called? Is it Heimlich? Uh, rem- uh, I don't know what it's yeah. called, yeah. But it's, it's, he knew what he was doing, obviously. He did, yeah. Well, I, I, I couldn't talk to him, I couldn't do that. He was gone before I knew it. So you didn't get a name, you have no idea who this no, man is? No, I have no or... idea. That's why I, I rang you, you know, I mentioned it on the radio. Well, we're, we're delighted that you're alive and well, which is the main thing, Martin, yeah. and, and that's great. But this man, you'd like to thank him properly, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. I'd like to. Maybe right. sometime he might be in the hotel again. Yeah, well, if anybody out there is listening to us and might know who this man is or might have been there uh, on the day, um, they might be able to let us know on 1800-938-007. You must have got an awful fright. I did, yeah. I, could, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't call. I couldn't call anyone. I couldn't do anything. Just stood up straight. And the water stopped coming out of my eyes, and oh. I tapped the man on the shoulder, and I painted to me player. Then I painted to me throat. So straight around, he came around me, and gave me the shot in the stomach, and up I came. My God Almighty, you, you, you were so lucky. The right man was in the right place uh, yeah. at, at, at that particular time. And uh, as I say, it must have been very scary for you. And how the hell? Was, yeah, but I'm not eating chicken curry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, it wasn't the chicken curry. I mean, it was just an accident, and these things happen, yeah. sadly. And uh, yeah. yeah. My God, indeed. Well, let's put it out there, Martin. We're looking for the hero. And uh, if we find him, we'll we'll get in touch with you again. Is that okay? Yeah, okay. And thanks very much. All yeah. right, not at all. Yeah, and no, I'm not, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, 
the great steps there and the, and, and the great staff there. Sure, it's a fantastic hotel and the food is wonderful. And there Dan well. is very good himself. He often comes home and talks to us. He does, of course, sure. He's an yeah. excellent proprietor for sure. Yeah. All right, look after yourself, Martin. We were yeah. putting it out there now and we'll see what the story is. And of course, yeah, Ellie confirmed that. It's the, the Heimlich manoeuvre. Isn't that what it is when you're helping somebody if they're, if they're choking? Isn't it very lucky that the man knew uh, about that and knew how to to do that properly and spotted that Martin was in trouble as well. Incredible, incredible. There's heroes among us. Uh, 1800 The text and WhatsApp is only 33113311. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie each if it matters to you it matters to us call tip today on 1-800-938-007 now a little earlier in the program we were comparing uh, weekly payments for ukrainian uh, refugees um some as low as 790 a week and as i made the point 220 euro uh, where ireland is concerned but one of our our list is making the point that the cost of living in ireland of course is way more expensive than some of the countries uh, mentioned. It can be almost €1,000 a month for childcare, whereas in Norway um, it's uh, €300 a month. And also they have free healthcare and nursing homes for the older uh, citizens. And um, this list, I'm wondering, what are we doing in this country anyway? And why is it more expensive than most other European countries? And the listener making the point that we should be asking our MEPs about this. But you're right about making comparisons with welfare systems because they can be very diverse indeed. And reports like the one I referred to there must take into account, you know, like benefits in kind, I suppose, and regional government and local authority benefits and all of the, and of course the cost of living and accommodation uh, charges as well. But even still, even to take some of that into account, there's no doubt that uh, what's been paid in Ireland, uh, it does it does seem to stand out indeed. 83 now, almost half of drivers, 49% in fact, believe that the accompanied driver rule should be scrapped for learner drivers. And that's according to a new uh, survey. The survey carried out on behalf of Aviva Insurance Ireland showed 25% of drivers think the accompanied driver rule for learners should be scrapped until the backlog is cleared. Now, we put this up on social media yesterday. We got a huge reaction to it. And Gary joins me now. Good morning to you, Gary. Morning, Good to talk to you today. Would you be in favour of relaxing the rules, or how do you feel about this, Gary? Uh, well, I just I saw the, the post yesterday. I just thought about it a bit and added a comment to it. Again, like, why why not make it like to have when you learn to drive a motorbike? So when you get your provisional license, provisional license to drive a motorbike, you do your IBT, which is your essential basic training, mm-hmm. which is equivalent to your twelve driving lessons for the car. And once you have that done, you can then drive your bike unaccompanied as an order while you're waiting for your test. Hmm. Now, the only stipulation is you can't carry a pillion passenger. So why not adapt that into the learner drivers and cars? So once you have your 12 lessons done, you can drive your car unaccompanied, but you can't carry passengers. Now, that sounds like a very sensible alternative to me. I wonder why that hasn't been looked at, do you think? Oh, sure, look, God, who knows, I suppose it requires a bit of creative thinking. But um, just another thing we do within this, like they say, when the young people get together, and I'm not blaming young people now, but just 
this is the perception that's out there that when the young people get together, their friends are the care. They're trying to impress them. Yeah. They're taking risks. Yeah. If you take away the friends out of care, well, then surely you're taking away the, the unnecessary risk taken. Well, as I say, that sounds very logical uh, to me because when the uh, authority was questioned as to why the law was strengthened, I think it was changed back in, was it 2018 or something, but they make the point that learner permit holders driving unaccompanied pose a danger to themselves and other road users. But as you say, if you take the passenger element out of that, I'm, I'm sure you it do. I'm, I'm sure it well, would I mean, you're, directly, yeah. Of, of course, I mean, you're taking away the peer, the peer pressure like I, I would say that I'd be maybe a less of a risk, but a uh, person on a motorbike is a risk as well. Yeah. I mean, you could hit, and you I could know, hit a pedestrian, and you could hit a car, and you know, do untold damage as well. So yeah, for for risk. sure. And I know that in tractors, uh, they can drive on a learner permit without accompaniment. If if there isn't some sort of a if it's one of these fancy tractors that has provision for for passengers and stuff, but I mean, if it's well, a normal tractor, they can drive away. And that's kind of the hypocrisy of it. Like, I mean, at 16 years of age, you can get a license to drive a tractor and off you go, pull the trainers, do whatever you want to do with a company without any training. Now, correct me if I'm wrong there, but that's the, I think that's the way it is. Whereas if you want to drive a car, which often a much smaller vehicle, albeit higher speeds, um, you know, you're, you're faced with all these different restrictions. Yeah, and of course, and, and I'm sure you would agree with it, Gary, that we have to recognise the tragedy around some of what we're talking about as well, because I know that the measures uh, that were were changed back in 2018 was largely influenced, I think, by the contribution of a, a man called Noel Clancy, uh, because he lost his wife and daughter in a crash that in, involved an unaccompanied driver. So you, you can understand where he's coming from where this is concerned as well. You can, of course, but look, where you have drivers, where you have cars, unfortunately, you're going to have accidents. Uh, that's just a fact of life. Uh, you know, nobody likes it, and of course, one death is one too many, obviously. But it doesn't, it's not always an older driver. Yes. You yeah, know, just sure. that many, many well-experienced drivers that have caused accidents and caused deaths as well. So I think it's a little bit unfair to be bashing older drivers. I think most of the people that are doing that now are fully qualified drivers that forget that they had to learn at some stage too and they had to start somewhere. So, well, well, that's for sure. And I mean, I, I don't mind saying so and I've said it on numerous occasions, Gary. I was one of the 60,000 back in uh, 1979 that got our licences for free, our full licences for free because there was such yeah. a, back, a backlog, you know? I do. And my, my, my late mother was one of them as well yeah. and had a licence to drive coaches, Arctics and... Yeah, sat in her life. yeah <laughs> and, so, and, and so did I. And and a guard, yeah. a friend of mine, when I showed him that license, he couldn't believe that that happened. He was a young young man, obviously. He, could, he yeah. couldn't believe that this happened as, as a way to get rid of a backlog. But there you go. But, however, yeah. there is a, an interesting statistic, though. Um, seemingly, Gary, 35 of the 47 fatal crashes involving learner drivers between 2014 and 2017 involved unaccompanied learner drivers. So that's that's kind of stark now, isn't it? It did, but like, would they say other company did, or they said they're running companies by a, uh, a full licensed driver, yeah. or, or they said they're running companies in the cars that they're on their own? You're right. I, okay, don't, I don't know, and uh, they didn't no, drill and down I don't into that. Know, yeah. and, you know, it just it, it might be a bit of an interesting to drill down into uh, into those figures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. just on a, a slightly broader point on that, like. Hmm. 
the whole the whole driver training system in Ireland is something that needs to be looked at probably more importantly. Mm. And mm. I've noticed now lately that last maybe two or three years, I think the standard of driving in Ireland has gone down. Do you think considerably. so? Oh, considerably, yeah. Lots yeah. of people are saying that, Gary. And are you a regular yeah. driver? Are you out on the roads all the time? Are you? I'm on the road practically every day, okay. yes. Right. So and wh- what are you oh, seeing, I... Gary? Um, a lack of spatial awareness is probably one of its biggest things. Um, now, I found after COVID, courtesy of the road was, seemed to have been a ticket to pass, but thankfully now that has, that has come back. But no, a, a severe lack of spatial awareness. Mm. People that, you know, they're trying to get through gaps that they obviously can't fit through and they're, they're hanging back when they could easily get through and cause the traffic hold up. So what, what do you put that down to? Is that is that lack of training or is it carelessness? Or what, what is it? Well, I mean, it's it's all age groups, so I can't say it's lack of training for mm. certainly some of the older drivers. Um, look, honestly, I, I don't know mm. what the fuck could be causing it. But right. Well, it's your on, experience, on driver, anyway. yeah. It's not my experience. I'm just on driver training in Ireland, like, we, we don't train drivers, we train people to pass driving tests. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, compared to oh, a lot of other countries have a much more rigorous process to, mm. get, to go through in order to get your licence. So. Yeah, and even driving instructors have been on this programme, Gary, making that, that very point, that they, they have oh, concerns. Oh, they'll say it. the same thing themselves. Yeah. yeah, they will, of course. I mean, they're giving a crick. And that's, I'm not having a go at driving instructors. I have some front door driving instructors. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah, they're given a curriculum. It's a bit like your school system. You're given a curriculum, and that's it. Off you go. You're not allowed to deviate from it. And all right, Gary, you know, re- really good to talk to you today, and be safe out there. Anyway, is the main thing, Gary. Thank I you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye to you now. Let's go to uh, Fiona. Fiona, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. You think that it should be just scrapped? Do you? Definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Just going on my own family's experience. Mm. Um, I'll take it in. My sister lives in a rural village. She had two older boys um, that were going to work as apprentices. Um, so how could she accompany them to work? One was going to Mitchellstown, one was going to Cashel, and she herself had to go to Limerick to work. Sure, sure, she so how is that viable? She just couldn't. And, and yeah. of course, you'd have wonderful um, public transport in that area, too, as well. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even a taxi. My <laughs> God. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they pay a lot of money to get their car. Most of them, speaking from my own boys, my nephews, they had higher purchase on their car. Mm. They were paying massive premiums for insurance. They had their tax. They had their NCT. They were going to work at 6 o'clock one, 7 o'clock the other. And coming home in the evening, all they're fit for is bed to get up for work the morning after. You know, so... Sure, it's no wonder so many of them are leaving the country then, you know, even even when they are working. As well as that, of course, if they're pulled up, it's an €80 Euro fine, two penalty points um, yeah. there as well, but, you know. Answer me this. Mm. An accompanied driver, what benefit does it do? An accident happens in the blink of an eye. They skid on water, they skid on ice, they skid on grit on the road. They hit a pot hole. They flip the cat. What's the what's the? 
the full licensed driver sitting beside him going to do. Yeah, and you make a very good point because, of course, accidents happen, as you say, in the blink of an eye. But what they, reading up on this this morning, their thinking around it is that if you have an experienced driver beside you, a learner driver, they can impart some knowledge and some advice and that sort of thing. Does that hold anything for you? No. 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 Well, I mean, if they've taken... I read. I was reading on your post there, people saying take 12, take 20 lessons. How can these young lads and young girls avoid, uh, afford this? Mm. They're on an apprentice wage of 180 or 200 euros a week. They're paying high premiums for their insurance. They're paying for their car. They're paying for everything. Give them a minimum of six driving lessons where they're signed off on that they're, they're competent to drive and let them get to work. They're, they're enticing yeah. people not to work. Would, not Gar- to Gar- what, did you make of, what did you make of Gary's idea? Because I thought that was a very good idea and it's kind of maybe a halfway place to some degree, which is that, OK, allow them to drive but without passengers. But some other children in our young lads in the rural village mightn't be able to afford a car and he might be giving him a lift to work. Okay, so they might be sharing carpooling if, or whatever. If, yeah. yeah, if it's, I mean, they're telling you to carpool and then in other sense they're telling you not. There's no public transport. Yeah. You see, my only fear about young lads in a car, if, if if there's a bunch of them in a car, there's an element of the old testosterone around the car and they're pushing each other and they're showing off. And So I can see Gary's well, point to some degree. Well, the chances of having three or four young lads in a car at six o'clock or seven o'clock in the morning when they're trying to make their way to work is very rare. All right, all right. So the good Usually point, it's, good it's point, one, yeah. one person getting to work. Yeah. I mean, as it is now, I mean, my sister's third young lad, she used to drive from the village to Tip Town at, for seven o'clock in the morning. Then this young lad's doing the principal that leave him outside the work gate, the stand open till half past eight, so she can get, she has to come back on herself to get to work herself. I mean, how's that? Poor woman. The poor woman. She's run off. She's run ragged. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's no day off. And and Sunday. Is it the backlog? Is it the backlog, Fiona? That's holding everything up. The backlog of of driving testing. Yeah, that's that's the big thing, is it? Yeah, that and the expense of it now. Yeah. The expense of it. I mean, it's fifty euros a lesson. Mm. You, as I said, take a a young chap on on an apprentice wage that wants to make a life for himself and wants to have a career for himself, getting 200 euros if he's lucky a week. How so, can he pay so all do, this? Do you think then that driving instruction should be subsidised in some way or should be paid it should for? Be. It, to me, I think it should be in a TY year. Yeah, yeah. In schools, if there's such a backlog, I mean, you get it done and you can go to places in, in the UK and do a weekend driving course and come out with your driving licence. Can you? I, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you could years ago. Mm. You could go in, pay for a, a, you do like an eight-hour day driving for two days, and they either pass you or they don't. At the end of the two days, well, at the end of I must, the, I must yeah. check up on that if that it's is like still... a driving school. Yeah, that you go in and you stay there and you do all your theory and you do your roundabouts yeah. and you do your driving in between the cones and you do. It's actually more specific than ours here. Can you remember getting your own license, Fiona? I can. When, I drove in a provisional myself for, I think I had three provisionals. Yeah, sure. Some people had loads of provisionals and drove away. Before I sat a test, because I couldn't afford the test. Wow. I had to get to work. 
And that's a long, long time ago now. Yeah, so you just replaced the, the provisional licences. That's it. Yeah. But I understand now that the, the, there's a lot more traffic on the roads. Mm. I mean, in, yeah. where I'm living in Thurlis, back in the day, there was plenty of employment. People didn't need as many cars to get out of the town to go to work. There, there was now employment they, within the town. Oh, that's, that's within interesting. The town. Yeah, yeah. But now everybody has to travel. Every, everybody's commuting. That's that's for sure. Fiona, it was lovely to talk to you today. Some interesting points there, and and yeah. be safe on the road, though. Thank you. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. That's how Fiona speaking to us this morning. News and information's coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry with Slattery's Garage. Puck on! You can't beat experience. With over fifty years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. Oh six seven two four one 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 or slatterysgarage.ie. Tip today with Fran Curry with Slattery's Garage Puck On. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage Puck On on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat. Uh, welcome back to the second hour of Tip Today, 1800-938-007. Competition time, because we spoke to Louise Morrissey on the show yesterday, and I'm sure you're well aware at this point that Louise is celebrating 35 years in country music. Now, she's doing a series of concerts right across the country, but she's making her way to the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel on tomorrow week. That's November 3rd, and she'll be there along with her friends, Philomena Begley, Ray Lynham, Jerry Guthrie, Marty Daniels will be there, lovely Molly O'Connell as well, and a terrific band uh, called Matrimony, and uh, the band alone are worth going along to see. They're really, really tremendous. So we have a pair of tickets to give away to that, and all you have to do is text or WhatsApp, give us your name and your details, and put Louise at the end of your contribution, and we'll pop you into the draw, and we'll give away those tickets uh, before uh, the show ends today. Now, on the show this morning, we've been speaking about road safety, and uh, over the last few weeks, it's a it's a big topic uh, from our listeners, so we invited Superintendent Eddie Golden in to chat to us this morning, and he's here with us in studio. Good morning to you, Eddie. Good morning, friend. And it's good to see you. It's a big topic lately again, just, you know, road safety and the deaths on the roads and, and stuff. Where are we with deaths on the roads in terms of stats, Eddie? Well, Fran, um, I suppose the figures um, are a stark reminder of how dangerous it is to be on the roads at present. We have 154 deaths provisionally now. Um, those figures are only provisional at the moment, which is up around 36 uh, on this time last year, and it's up 42 on 20, uh, 2019 figures. Wow. So unfortunately it, it is on the increase and Tipperary again we've we've just been hit so hard in the last number of weeks since since August in particular and we're on 16 at the moment. If I look at the stats there, the only other there's three counties put together um, are on 19. So look as, as a county goes, um, we're not doing very well. But I suppose look we, we're a big county, we have a lot of traffic, we have a lot of um, movement within the county as well and there's a number of different factors obviously that are associated with those collisions Now one death is one too many and as you say we're talking about an increase which is very unfortunate indeed but let us look back Eddie and you described it yourself off air in the 1970s there was carnage wasn't there? Yeah I think in the 70s we hit somewhere around 640 per year wow. fatalities and when we look at some of the milestones that happened um, in 1999, the NCT was introduced, and I know there's a lot of commentary on the NCT um, on, on your show, Fran, but at that stage we had around 470 
uh, fatalities per year. In 20, 2002, then the penalty point system was introduced and the, the figures reduced down to just the uh, the low 400s. Um, the introduction of the mid-checkpoints or mandatory intoxicating checkpoints came in in 2006 and the figures went down in around the 300s. Um, then we had the reduction in the blood alcohol levels for drink driving in 2010 and the figures were down around 238. And in 2016 then um, there was a number of different, I suppose, road safety strategies and reports and again interventions. Uh, and looking at the penalty point system then as we went along then was there was more penalty points introduced and there was more, I suppose, strategies in relation to enforcement. So these strategies have been effective? Well, the the figures would the figures suggest speak so. For themselves, yeah, we're yeah. Down, like if you look at 2016, 2018, we were down around 160, 156, 143. Unfortunately, this year the trend seems to be heading back up. But uh, look, we'd have to say that um, certain milestones within that certain safety. Uh, strategies that were implemented did have a very positive effect. When we look at our situation now, though, I suppose that's then, this is now, so what are we going to do going forward? I definitely think there's a moment in time, and the reason I'm on this morning as well, and you know how passionate I am about trying to keep people safe on the roads, yeah. and, and on Gareth Shikona, look, we have our part to play when it comes to enforcement, and yeah, I would also you know, take feedback in relation to what the people are seeing or not seeing and how they feel about that. But when we look at it, then what can everybody themselves do in relation to the reducing this figure, particularly this year as we as we now see an upward trend particularly in Tipperary, but across the country, Fran it's not just Tipperary, I must say that and when we look at those fatal collisions, and I have attended the scene of way too many collisions this year already um, you're talking about the environment, the vehicle and the person really, and what I'm, when I'm talking about that is, it's not just, so it's the road weather traffic conditions, so some people are driving way too fast for the conditions um, and there's other people out maybe walking or cycling in those same conditions or even just on a normal day who are not taking the necessary precautions. So particularly in this bank holiday weekend, we have a, an appeal to for pedestrians because so, our pedestrian fatalities unfortunately have, have increased substantially. If we look to date, we've 38 pedestrians have lost their lives on the roads to date. That's... Um, Look, that that is just a figure that uh, we're very concerned mm. about. Um, and again, if we look at what a pedestrian can do, so it's all about you know being being safe, be seen, give the driver the chance to see you across the road at the appropriate location. Think about what you're doing. And we spoke off air about this, Fran. Before you go on the roads, now it's probably the most you know precarious uh, thing you're going to do today for all road users. Let's just get that into our head. So as you go on the road, whether you're a cyclist, motorcyclist, truck driver, car driver, it doesn't matter. You need to focus on that job in hand. Getting between A and B now is the main focus yeah. safely. Yeah. And, you know, the defensive style of driving, which we teach in Garage Econa, and look, in Garage Econa, we still have our collisions. Um, but what I would say is that by driving defensively, I mean that when I'm driving on the road, I'm looking out for the dangers. It's actual or potential danger that is in. So if you're coming to a crossroads and there's a vehicle at the crossroad or a motorcyclist, there's a potential for that motorcyclist to pull out in front of you. If you continue at the same speed without even a reduction of 10 or 15 kilometres, that'll give you the extra piece of time that the driver might see you or may not. The pedestrian as well. If you're out there um, without your yellow jacket on at this time of the year with the, the weather conditions we have, you're increasing your chance of being in conflict with a vehicle. And that's really coming back mm. down to the basics.
My mother used to always give out to my father uh, uh, driving and he would say, Rainy, you know, I have the right of way. And she'd say, well, that's grand, but does the other fella know that you have the right of way? And it, it was kind of wise in its own way. Was that, you know, that's the kind of care you have to take. You, you might have the right of way, but you have to be watching out. Yeah, and unfortunately, we have a lot of drivers, compliant drivers, who are involved in collisions as well. And, you know, it's, it's, it's always about doing the right thing at the right time. And then there's the other person who's not doing it. But again, is there a chance that it's a collision? There's a causation for it. Is there something that you can do? It's no point afterwards looking backwards mm, yeah, to say, yeah. you know, what else, what else could I have done in that condition or in that situation? So, look, looking at it um, for this Bank Holiday weekend, we're appealing for all pedestrians um, to watch out for their safety, for all drivers to be aware of the movement of pedestrians, to wear fluorescent jackets, bring a torch with you. And again, think about, you know, if you are going home or you've gone for your walk uh, or you go for a walk on a certain road, you know, certain roads are more safer or lead to a more safer environment for pedestrians than others. So again, just think about mm. where you're going. If it's a very narrow road, it's going to be dark. There's a potential for vehicles to be on that road as well. You know, is there a chance of getting a lift? Somebody can you ring somebody to to get between A and B? You know, because it is very dangerous out there on the roads. Well, that that that's for sure. You made another interesting point to me off air, Eddie, where you said that maybe our thinking about it is a little bit skewed in that. When you and your colleagues are out there and you're checking for speeding and and the like, you you don't want to catch people. Do you, do you, do you know what I mean? You're out there from a safety point of view. It's not a case of, oh, we're going to nick your man. Yeah, I, I think there's a perception that, you know, we've mentioned this before, do the guard have to get a certain quota? Do we have to yeah. get extra? Right? That, that's not correct whatsoever. What is correct is that we have to enforce the law. If people are not complying with the law, it's our job to, to bring them back um, and obviously at times we have to issue penalty points, we summon people to court, we're looking out for dangerous driving. The, the main lifesaver offences as well, again appealing to person, people to wear their seatbelts, you know, don't dangerous drive, speeding, drink driving, drug driving, they're the main, I suppose, offences that we look for. Um, but also a point I want to make, Fran, is in relation to penalty points, and I know there's a lot of commentary on the penalty points and, you know, whether they're going to be doubled or not with new legislation. Mm-hmm. I suppose if somebody gets caught for penalty points... 88% of those detected will not be detected again for up to four years. So it does so it have works. an effect. And if yeah. we look at people that were detected maybe have two detections, 98% of those won't be affected again within four years. That's what the stats would tell us. So, you know, people feel a little bit hard done by if they're caught for um, penalty points in certain scenarios. But is that protecting you for a, a worse fate further down the road? There's far more worse fates than penalty points, in my view, looking at all the collisions I've gone to and all the serious scenes, particularly in the last couple of weeks right. in Tipperary. So it, it does have an effect. I'm, I'm just not, it's just one of those things that we, we want to just um, emphasise. The speeding vans come in for a lot of critique on the programme, as you know, Eddie. But again, the introduction of them, it did, it did have an effect, didn't it, on, on, on the numbers? It did have an effect. And, you know, um, I was recently at um, a road safety committee meeting with the councillors and the Tipperary County Council and these these come up and they're, they're looking to have them maybe on different locations mm-hmm. and in different roads. And that's something that we're looking at now, particularly with the emphasis and the extra money and resources that are being put into that. So that's something that we will be looking and working with the Road Safety Authority and looking at locations that are, I suppose, appropriate for the, ro- for the speed vans to be in. But again, it's about compliance. It's... It's put. They're put in, a, in an area where there were serious collisions or potential for serious collisions. Some people might disagree with me on mm, that, but mm. they do have their effect. What What really concerns me is the person that is slowing down for the speed van 
and speeding up again. Yeah, yeah. And that's really yeah. where we're, we're in that environment of personal responsibility of, you know, okay, we still can catch those people for speeding with our detection devices or our AMPR cameras or whatever we're doing. But once people have that mentality, we're going to continue to have collisions, we're going to continue to have fatalities, and unfortunately we're going to continue to have carnage on the roads. Yeah, again, another point that people are making, but I'm not sure if there's evidence for it, is that since COVID, we appear to be driving, you know, like incorrectly and, and worse, and there seems to be little respect on the roads and there seems to be a lot of, lot of argy-bargy going on and road rages. Is there any evidence to that, that we're worse drivers post-COVID, Eddie? Well, I think there's evidence to suggest that we've far more vehicles on the road. Obviously, even when we look at the, the highs and lows of, of the Celtic Tiger times, and that's what they're measuring it on now. So we've kind of gone past that when it comes to the amount of vehicles on the road. I think people's tolerance... Um, and this is only my personal view, I don't have any uh, evidence, is that people are very intolerant, even if it's to do with shopping, meeting people on the street. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In general, I think that. Has that moved out onto the roadway? There's a fair possibility it has, that people are impatient, they're not giving people a chance to, you know, to, to go about their business. And is that having an effect on road safety? It may be having an effect. Um, we, but I've seen some instances of very, very serious dangerous driving people who have driven along the road um, and our members have detected this um, totally inappropriate overtaking trying to get somewhere you know yeah, um, yeah. quicker than they should and ultimately when we look at the, the road structure in Ireland in particular you're not going to make any big time on these things because you're going to meet traffic again you're going to be slowed down and <clears throat> unfortunately you're going to to you know increase your chance of having those those collisions that we're talking about Bank holiday weekend then, as usual, Eddie, I suppose it's similar stuff that we talk about all the time, but regretfully they appear to be, you know, times when, when, when accidents are happening and people are driving inappropriately and all of that. And the, the reason, we, I suppose, we focus on the bank holidays and people are saying, is it just for the bank holiday? It's not just for the bank holiday. If we were to give the advice every day, it wouldn't have the same effect. Yeah, you know yeah, that from a yeah, media point of, of view. So obviously we come out uh, heavy on the bank holidays with our advice. And this bank holiday, really, we are emphasising of be seen to be safe. That includes all road users. So we had the old adage of be safe and be seen. I'm twisting that around this time. So be seen to be safe at all stages. That includes particularly pedestrians this weekend, uh, all motorists, drive to the conditions, make sure you reduce your speed, um, look for danger, look for the possibility of somebody uh, coming out in front of you, uh, looking at the roadway you're on. If you, cons- if you stay at the same speed, you will come in conflict. You'll, you'll end up in an, at an inappropriate speed for those conditions, guaranteed. So sometimes, we've mentioned this years for years, Fran, it's not a target, the speed limit. Yeah. It's um, basically the maximum permissible speed in that, on that road in perfect conditions, ideal conditions. Anything lower than that is a safer speed to be at without obviously restricting the movement of traffic. All right, and we wish everybody safe travelling if they're out there this uh, bank holiday weekend. Eddie, always good to see you. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you, Superintendent Eddie Golden with us this morning. We'll take a break. Back with more in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie 
Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Now, you might be forgiven for thinking that prizes that you you win are not built to last, that they're only sort of tokens and uh, no real longevity with them. Well, Tom was in contact with us and he joins us now. Tom, good morning to you. Hello, friend. How are things? Uh, things are very well indeed, Tom, and lovely to talk to you today. Tell me about the prize that you won. I, was it 20 years ago, Tom? I'm not quite sure, friend. It's a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, no, I was just, for some reason, I was prompted just born was looking at and I thought, you know what, I started to reflect on my, my life and my time on, on that, if you like. Yeah. And uh, the fact, I just thought, you know, I'll share this, the, the, the um, image of the clock. It's, it's a lovely, it's a lovely timepiece, so it's just a nice bit of work as well, you know. Yeah. So, um, but it was, it was but a yeah. Tip FM clock, Tom, was it? Oh, indeed this was. So, yeah. <laughs> Way back. Yeah. yeah. And tell me, whose show did you win it on? How how did that work? Tony Brooks. I have absolutely no idea what it involved at the time. Yeah. It was obviously some type of a competition or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so you entered the competition and you won a Tip FM clock. Yes. Right. And, and after so, about 20 years, it's still working for you. Oh, it's working, yeah, indeed, it is. Although I'm not working now, I'm retired, <laughs> but the clock's still going. <laughs> the clock's still going strong. Well, we're delighted but, to hear it. I wonder how many more of those clocks are still working around the county. It'd be interesting to know how many how many people won them. But yeah, as I said, I started to reflect on life and our time on the earth, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, it's just, uh, there was a friend of mine said, every minute we're getting older, and it's good to be getting older. It is, I suppose, so, yeah. It's you know, a, yeah, yeah, in that sense. But yeah. uh, it, time and tide waits for no one. But, you know, a lot of people didn't get a chance to see time pass by, to, to live long lives. Yeah. So you're appreciative of that, Tom, obviously. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, but it's only when you suddenly start to reflect, you know. Mm. Normally we take it for granted, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and did something prompt you looking at life like this, Tom? I don't know. It's most for some strange reason. I don't even know what prompted me to suddenly send in the image of the the clock. But then, just was only then I started to reflect. You know, I thought to myself, we take time for granted, really. You know. Yeah. And I'll bet you those twenty years have flown by. They have indeed, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That, that that proves the point as well. You know, just life is short. Yeah. You no, know, but still. And I, I wonder, do we do we make the best of it, Tom? You see, is the question, isn't it? Uh, we, I suppose, we, as, as, in as far as we can, we can, but I suppose in reality, maybe we don't. But at least, if we we aspire to make make the best of it, but um, it doesn't happen all the time. But still, you know, just maybe be conscious of it. And, and can know. can I ask you, Tom? Do you think are we living in better times? A difficult one, friend. Yeah, it's very hard to know. I mean, we had great times, and <laughs> the war times is coming up very often. But in our youth and in our childhood, we had great times. But again, I suppose it's very difficult to compare 
past and the present in ways, you know. Yeah, I suppose. It's just we were chatting about it this morning in terms of medical care and we were harking back to the days, I suppose, when the doctor would arrive at your door if you were sick as opposed to what's happening now. And, you know, it's it's just a very different system, I suppose. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to look back and compare, though, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, um, I was just thinking about a few little things there as well. Finding time for others. These are quotations I, I found in the book by Helen Exley. Mm. But, um, you know, finding time for others, especially when there's a crisis. Yeah, yeah. You know, and suddenly you think, oh, geez, I haven't time, but you find time when something happens, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, uh, and have we, no, a lo- but have we lost a lot of that... Neighbourliness, I suppose, and that, that community connection. We have. I suppose, you know, it just doesn't exist, but then it, it comes to the fore when something happens, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I suppose we used to visit houses long ago and you had time, but I, I still think that, you know, people will find time when it's, when it's necessary, you know. Yeah, and I suppose we've seen that over the years, that in fairness to the Irish people, I mean, you know, when the chips are down, we were compassionate and we're, we're neighbourly and we're community-driven, I suppose, and all of those things, Tom. That's for sure. Um, just another little quote I have. Life is so short. Let us make haste to be kind. It's a nice um, thing as well, you know. Well, do you know, if the whole world worked on that basis even, uh, wouldn't we have a lot... Easier time. We we wouldn't have war. We wouldn't have misery. We'd you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'll just give you a personal little story. I'm just I'm due to go back on the road now after a year off driving yeah. on medical grounds. But in the beginning, I said, "Geez, it's going to feel like forever," you know. Mm. But suddenly, I'm there, and it's you know, it's, it has slipped away, as William Nelson song says, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's it's amazing. It's passing by every second, but sure, as the saying goes. Well, keep looking at the Tip FM clock anyway, and I'm I'm glad to know it's still working, Tom. And uh, lovely to talk to you today, Tom. No problem, friend. Thanks yeah. very much. And you you look after Thanks. yourself right. anyway. Thanks, Tom. That's Tom and Dundrum. Uh, who still has the Tip FM clock he won on the Tony Brook show. I wonder anybody else out there with a Tip FM clock from those years. I'm not sure, was it was there only one clock given away or were there a number of them given I don't know. Only three, three double one, double three, double one. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip today on 1-800-938-007. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. And you're very welcome back to Tip Today, 1800 938 007. Austin was on with it. We were talking about road safety there with Superintendent uh, Eddie Golden. And Austin was on to say, um, here's an important stat from the UK, friend. 26% of car deaths in the UK, the people involved were not wearing seatbelts, which is kind of interesting indeed. And uh, Austin says nearly one in four, and it just shows how important the seatbelt uh, can be. Well, for sure, that's an incredible uh, stat, isn't it? I'm delighted 
to be in the uh, join in the studio now once again by magician Steve Spade. Good morning to you, Steve, and uh, good to see you today. Hey, friend. Thanks for having me on. How are you? R- rushing in. From rushing the in the door. Rushing. There. I got caught well, in traffic. Well, you're extremely welcome. <laughs> good to see you. Um, it being Halloween, you see, we were delighted that, that you could come into us because we associate Halloween with magic and with tricks and with all of that. Yeah, I think so. Even the whole like trick or treat and all that kind of stuff. I think it goes right back, you know, yeah. with the uh, well, obviously it's a pagan festival. So if you look back in the real history of it, it was a very dark and creepy time. It wasn't just. Uh, yeah. It was. It was. But it's great that it's. It's. I think I suppose like America and all that kind of culture has kind of made it very kind of. And you can see it now as well. I just I was coming in the the roundabout all decorated just there. Yeah. There, it's it's great to see. Right, and uh, do you incorporate incorporate that into your shows? Then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, a lot of magicians have over the years kind of tied in kind of like the spiritualist side of things and more kind of like kind of dangerous kind of things and, and things like that kind of entices people and that mystery is kind of there then. Yeah, and the whole business of the spooky element of it and the undead and, sure. you know, this, what, what about that? I mean, what are your feelings on that, by the way? I don't really believe in like the whole psychic kind of thing to an, to an extent. I mean, there is some people that are genuinely gifted for it and stuff like that, but I think there's a lot of frauds as well in, in that, you know, and they kind of, kind of, um, I guess they kind of play on people's emotions and on their grief and things like that. And I think that can be kind of a negative, but I think, I think why magicians have a problem with, with some, that, that kind of psychic stuff is, or, or mediums and things like that, yeah. is because they're doing the same effects and tricks that magicians do. But we say it's entertainment and they say it's real. You right. know? And is there any instance of that that you've seen where you say, yeah, well, maybe there's something in that? I mean, is there? Yeah, I wouldn't be totally closed off to it. I Would think some, yeah, yeah, I think some people are very, you know, in tune, to be fair. And I think, uh, like, over, over time, people have lost that as well. I mean, there was, there is rumors and talks and things from years ago that, like, back in the, in the, you know, when it was kind of a, a more kind of peaceful time and a relaxing mm. time and there mm. wasn't as much media and, you know, and all that kind of stuff and technology that people were more, more like, uh, telepathic that they could understand what each other was, we were thinking without, you know, yeah, without yeah. words and without, stuff like that. Without and a lot all of body the interference language. that we have now, I suppose. That's yeah. it. There's a lot of that, and you know, so I think yeah. there's a lot of distraction now. Yeah. Tell me about the upcoming tour because you're, you're going to yeah, be flying so, around the place, so, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, all over. Yeah, so we just announced some of the dates. So INEC down in Killarney will be one. Uh, there will be a temporary date. There might be two, actually. So the, at the moment, management are just looking at different venues. Um, the show is called Lost Magic, and it's it's kind of a... A homage to the greats, I guess, and uh, there's a uh, there's elements in the show that people wouldn't have seen in like a hundred years or more, mm-hmm. um, and then there's like a lost trick that that's been kind of lost to time, uh, from a guy called Thurston who was a magician in the 1900s, and that effect has has never been done. What actually happened was we found a book, a diary, and there was a, an excerpt in it, um, but there was a method, but there was sorry, it was an effect, but no method. The page was kind of slightly ripped, so we tried to figure out what that trick would have even been. Or was it even ever? Did he even like, even perform it ever even on stage? Wow. Okay. So uh, detective work was yeah, that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think it kind of comes from just like doing the research stuff as well for like some of the movies and things that I've worked on. I, I kind of like that digging in and trying to find something. There's there is a little kind of element of, you know, was did it even happen? Or I mean, only, you, sometimes you only have it in a in text, you know, about yeah. someone's kind of interpretation of what they might or might not have seen. Um, so you're kind of question: would that have really happened the way it's written up? Or is that someone's, like, elaborate way of writing it back in the 1900s to sell a book or sell a show? That's interesting. Have you an advantage on the the magicians of 
yesteryear in terms of because we have so much technology now and we have all of that. I, or, or does that play any element in your show? I think so, but I think a lot of the really good effects and the ones that have tested, you know, the, the whole test of time uh, are, are still in the books. You know, you, yeah, you have to dig yeah. deep and find them. I mean, there's a lot, uh, there's going to be a part in the show because there's a lot of exposure in magic now with likes of TikTok and Instagram and people yeah. just like learning a trick yeah. and exposing it just on the basis of like, oh, look, we can show like, you know, how this is done. It'll get me a few likes kind of thing. And I think it is kind of a dangerous time a little bit in the sense that, that you're, you're kind of like you know people are, are, are releasing secrets that have been hidden for you know hundreds of years um, yeah. but I, to be fair some of the stuff that's been exposed is not that important either but I think it does yeah. kind of dilute uh, I'm know. sure it does but does that mean you have to up your game then all the time yeah because I, I find that uh, the guys that are on TikTok doing stuff aren't reading the old magic books and they aren't reading the real the oh, real right, stuff okay. so it's not a it's not a big deal for like professional performers but it's just I think there's an element in it I think sometimes with, with stuff like that as well as you can choose to if you want to know the secret that's fine You maybe you're you know, you just want to know or maybe you're a magician or you want to be a magician or whatever and then you need to know the secret. But sometimes I think it's just thrown on you and you can't really enjoy the magic then. It's almost like you get the, the method before you even get the trick, you know. So I think people have... I think you're taking away that from people, you know. If you just, course, yeah. if you just yeah. hold what it is straight away... So since, since I spoke to you last, so what, what have you been up to? Because last time around we were talking about your involvement with movies and uh, TV and the like as well. What, what have you been up to? Yeah, so um, so since then we, we had Electric Picnic and all that kind of stuff. We yeah. were back from Vegas and uh, it's just been loads of rehearsals just for the tour, to be honest, and just organising all that and doing a little bit of a press run for, for the tour. Um, this weekend I'm doing the the um, Puka Spooka in Tullamore. Oh, it's, good, a, yeah. it's an event there. So there's a two-day event over the weekend. I'll be doing an escape show at, at that. So uh, where, whereabouts in Tullamore? In Tullamore, in the, in the square. The oh, park. right, so it's open yeah. air. Oh, okay. Yeah, Excellent. yeah. So, so it's local enough-ish, yeah. I guess. It is um, indeed. It is yeah, indeed. So, yeah, so yeah, pop over there. There's a, there's a whole weekend of stuff over right. there. And, and, and for people to get information on the tour itself, can they go on your... your yeah, site? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Steve Spade Magic on the website and uh, AMA is the, uh, the agency that are doing it, so that all the details. Are okay. Very good. You you know, there's no such a thing as a free lunch, and every time we invite you, absolutely, here, we, 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 we get do you to do some, well, some, you were, you were some tricks. You were mentioning spooky stuff. So Ellie is with us as well. Hello, Ellie. Hi, friend. Yeah, we we import you in. You I know. Yeah, yeah guinea pig. There's, there's, there's magic the, going on. The I'm like the woman in the box that gets sawn in half, <laughs> aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Steve is rooting around in the bag yeah, as we as we speak. No bother. So I'll just get a pen there as well. Here you go. Oh, that's burned. I might get you to pop over to this side. If okay, that, that's cool. Um, Very good. Perfect. All right. And I have this as well. So this is just a washer, okay? And there's actually a really nice connection to this. So my my dad is actually is his five year anniversary today of when he passed. And uh, dad was a mechanic, and he used to always like do different tricks. Uh, not like, he didn't do magic, but he always kind of a playful kind of a character. And uh, as a kid, I actually learned sleight of hand by playing what was like in his pocket so he'd come home and he'd reach into his pocket and throw at stuff and there could be you know a mechanic a plug or a screw or a washer or whatever right. and uh, and dad used to kind of make kind of a uh, you know kind of a, an analogy about like life is like a circle and he would explain it sometimes with a washer and things like that and so it very really good, means very yeah, wise yeah, man absolutely yeah, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I liked that he used what he knew to kind of explain to his child you know life yeah. so if you just want to write your name on one side okay. of the washer and then if you can just write um if you can just write the uh, your your dad's name or someone who kind of taught you a life lesson on the, on, other, on the side. other side. On the other side. Mm. Do. I'd be interested to know what name Ellie will put down for somebody who taught her a life lesson. <laughs> okay. 
He definitely he's pushing there for his name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, there's no there's no chance of that. There's no either. chance of that. Yeah. Okay, good. And um, what we'll do is this is your this is all signed up, so you can tell yeah. people so what you have. Look at you, friend. Oh, there yeah, you but, go, uh, friend. Look at that. Tell you now. I dare to uh, ask what the life lesson right was. There, so. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're rude not to. Um, but look, there's no way I can switch this or do anything. This is your your name. We're right here, fingertips, okay? So here's the... I don't want to smudge it off, but you can see that it's yeah. just your, your one. There's only one like it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it like this. I'm going to place it into my hand. You're going to put your hand on top of my hand. Okay. okay, good. And in my pocket over here, I've got a little trinket box. It's like a little... Uh, you might have seen it there on the table yeah. a second ago. I just uh, popped it back in there. But it's a little trinket box that's blocked. Okay, friend, I'm yeah, that. Yeah, it's locked, yeah. It's got a little padlock on it. A tiny yeah. little padlock, like it's a little jewelry box type thing, a little, almost like a little chest or something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. So, we're getting close here. So. Absolutely, we are, we are. It's very intimate, it's very intimate. <laughs> but here's what I want you to do. I want you just to concentrate on your, your washer, and we're going to do this. Yeah. Slowly bring your hand flat down onto my hand. Perfect, like this. Now watch. One, two, three. Did you feel that? <gasps> yeah. And if you lift up your hand now, it's not a, it's not a washer anymore. It's, it's a key. It's a tiny little key. I wonder what that key is for. Is that the key for this little padlock? It is. Should I? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't want to this? touch it. I'm on the other side of the studio. I'm nowhere near you. All right. So the washer has disappeared out of Ali's hand. I'm opening a padlock here now of a little, a little ornate box. And inside. <laughs> inside. Incredible. Wow. Absolutely. Here's your little washer incredible. with your name. Is, is that your washer, Ali? That's my washer. That is your Thank washer. Excellent. Thank you. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, that really is. So that, absolutely, absolutely. And, and and there's a lot of that in the show, too, but there's also there's some spiritual kind of elements in it, too. And uh, the, yeah, it's a whole mixed bag. Yeah. There's been a lot of work on it. But that show. close up magic is, I mean, you were as close to us there. I mean, you know. Yeah, her hand was on top of my Hand, yeah. Incredible work yeah, yeah. altogether. Do you have time for one more? We do, of course. Of cool, course. okay. Yeah. Let, let's do this. Or even if you want to, um, what we'll do is I have a brand new deck of cards, yeah. um, which I'm going to pop open right now so you know the thing. Mm-hmm. Can you uh, can you shuffle cards? Sure. Yeah, so I'll give you those and give them a mix. Okay. So I'm going to do something that's in the show. It's called the world's most dangerous card trick. Okay. okay. Most so dangerous card Most dangerous. And I'll okay. tell you why. We've got an animal trap. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. This is a 50 pound animal trap. Okay. okay. So what I'll do is I'll set it. It's quite hard to set, so I'll set it here on the floor. Uh, right. Do I, do I have to get into that? <laughs> you don't have to get into that. No. And this is the real deal. This is an animal it's a trap. trap. It's a, right. So, a vicious looking thing. Absolutely. Whoops. Okay. Right. I'll just put it here like this. That's loaded now, is it? We get you another one. Yep. There you go. So I just want to show you how. What is it? So look. We'll clean up our okay. but watch. Right. We'll probably, probably catch this on the. Watch. Oops. One, two. Ouch. Ouch. Wow. Yes. So it just shattered your pen. Right. I'm glad it didn't very, give you a good pen. Okay? So here's the idea. You're going to do the trick for Fran. So yeah. grab the cards, spread them out to Fran. He'll pick one out. I'll set the trap again. Right. Okay. Just one? Yep. Yeah. I'll pick a card now, will I? Absolutely. Please. Okay. You want. Let me do that. Do one look. Okay. And I'll set the trap again. Bloody thing looks so dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fifty pounds. That's why I've got to stand on it. So here's the idea. You've got that card. You I have. Perfect. Sign it. So it's, you know it's your card. I can't switch it or do anything. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to sign it as well? Go for it. The same one. Yeah. Sure thing. Oh lord. Okay. Brilliant. Let's okay. Go back in. I don't know why I'm nervous about this, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What we'll do is look, we're going to mix the cards. You put it back in. We shuffle them. Okay. And all that kind of stuff. And we can be really, really fair about this. Is this how you like shuffle cards? Yeah. Just like, like, yeah, just like dropping cards. Like that. Okay, good. And then a couple of cuts. And then maybe another cut. Maybe Is that fair? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll prove to you at this stage, just in case you might be a little bit skeptic, that it's not in the top. Okay. Or next to the top. No. 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 Or the bottom or next to the bottom. No. No, no that's a joker. Okay, good. So watch, I'm going to put the whole cards <gasps> into the track. Ouch. And the idea, without setting the trap off in my hand, <laughs> is to get in, get the card. I, at the moment, I tracked it, so I think it's about 14 or 15, 15 16 cards maybe in the middle. Okay. Uh, not too far from the top, so... Right. Now, if you get this wrong, this is going to clamp on your hand and you, you, you'll yeah, be without so, fingers. So hopefully I can do it kind of quick. So the idea is, hand is quicker than the eye and all that, so I'm going to reach in. You pick the card, you shuffle it where it's all gone back in. Here we go. One. Two. Oh, my God. Do you want me to do the washer trick again? <laughs> no, you want to see this one. Okay, hang on. Hang on. I'm rolling back my sleeve, okay. I've never one, been so bloody nervous on this. Two. Right. Three. Oh! just cut my finger but one card oh ah. my two of diamonds oh with my. friend's name on it there you go that's Ed's absolutely yours. incredible we'll pick up all that and we'll fix up your pen and everything. are you all right and you can check it out it's genuinely that is, yeah god it's almighty. not loaded now you're good it's a vicious looking thing absolutely it? yeah illegal in Ireland actually you can't you can't use them anymore <laughs> you, yeah you can't use them on animals but it's okay on magicians apparently so <laughs> <laughs> It's incredible, go. yeah. And, uh, I mean, do you constantly have to have to practice where, where all of this is concerned? Yeah, right? absolutely, yeah. yeah. Especially now with the, with the tour and the rehearsals and stuff because there's just some stuff in the show that was, like, uh, because I was, like, digging back into what the show is. There's elements in the show where I have, like, m- magic from, like, Houdini, uh, Keller, Slidini, uh, Malini. So the, these magicians of, the, of that era, they had all their signature pieces, and in this show there is some of their signature pieces. So these were master magicians, so it's been a lot of rehearsal to... Mm. to try to get up to their, their chops. And why is it the case that we keep looking back to the likes of Houdini and his, his uh, uh, colleagues? Um, why Was that a golden time? I think him? so, yeah, it really was. I mean, I think magic at that, at that era, I mean, like Houdini, for example, uh, was paid more than the American president when he was, when he was famous. Was he yeah, wow. you know, and he, he would demand... Um, I remember reading there recently that there, some of his performance, he would get the equivalent now of 100 grand for just an appearance. Uh, in, in the money of that day, so I read somewhere. Is there any truth to it that Houdini had a brother who attempted to be a magician, but he was terrible? <laughs> His was brother it? was Theo Hardin. Oh, um, right. Yeah, and Houdini, they, they had a kind of a rivalry, but it was kind of a made-up rivalry where the idea would be that they hated each other on paper, but but in reality they actually worked with each other and in uh-huh. to build that rivalry together. Um, so the idea of that he wasn't as good as Houdini was built to make Houdini better. Oh, was that Yeah, what yeah. Was, but a lot of people yeah. thought they saw Houdini of that time, but they actually saw Theo, and because there was no TV, there was only posters and things like that, people believed that they may have seen Houdini, but really they might have seen only his brother. And what Houdini would do was he would tour a show and have those tricks, and then at the end he would recycle those tricks to Theo, and then Theo would go do the same tour, and Houdini would do a new one. It's so, fantastic. Yeah, businessmen yeah. All, all day. Did you know, know about that, Ali? No, no I had no, no idea. What, the, the only reason I know is that I was watching Boardwalk uh, oh, Empire. Empire yeah. Oh, very good, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the brother was, was dragged into Atlantic City to do some, some shows. That's but right. they, gave, they gave the impression that he was pretty pretty poor yeah you know, yeah yeah and he was living off his brother's name but right. you're saying that that was a deliberate thing. it was a deliberate thing it came out afterwards in books and stuff yeah that that, uh, that was kind of a, a made up rivalry to kind of build a kind of a, a franchise many of them died of course didn't they yeah I mean some of the stuff is very dangerous you know yeah. and 
and uh, and and yet it's very it's very demanding. I remember recently, especially with the award when I won the uh, the Merlin Award for the escapology, especially people Vegas, you know will ask yeah. you. There's a lot of amateur and semi professional magicians that will kind of dabble in it and have a you know a full time job and then dabble and stuff like that, or do you know kids parties and parties and things like that. But there's very little people that dabble in escapology. You either you either do it or you don't because there's too much demand on learning how to pick locks. It's a, it's a whole different. Isn't it's a whole different ball Did you ever? Like, were you ever in mortal danger at any point? Uh, in, re- in rehearsals before for different water stunts and stuff, I, I, yeah, there has been a few close calls, but um, but no, never anything light, thank God. Right. Um, yeah, I've dislocated my thumb, though, and, <laughs> you know, shoulder and all sorts of stuff. Just simple little... Simple little things that you can just smack yeah, yeah. back in. I know, I mean, obviously, you know, there is there is risk with it. You mean, even the trap there, you know. Yeah, but, uh, I know. I think, I think it's it's worth the risk sometimes. Do you think so? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, well, you you had my heart going anyway. That's uh, for sure. So you have the <laughs> tour. No pen now. So. <laughs> you have the tour coming up. So what, what about Vegas again? Are you returning to Vegas? Or? I'm hoping to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later in the year. Now the, the tour will run um, kind of just sort of the dates. The first one would be the third of December in the uh, the INEC, and then there's a couple of dates before Christmas, and then there's going to be some dates in January and February then as well. Oh. Um, and then uh, yes, the later into the year, then maybe Vegas again. Very good indeed. A lot of our listeners over the last couple of days when we were talking about Halloween, they were, um, you know, saying that we should bring back the old traditions, the old games and all of that kind oh, of yeah, thing. I mean, you know, you, you'd go along with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love that. You know, I, mean, I can remember, I mean, as a kid, but bobbing for Apple. And I mean, yeah. it's great when you see people following on those traditions, you know, and keeping that going. Um, even even there recently somebody was talking about the Conkers game, you know, the, the oh, old yeah, Conkers yeah, in the yeah, string. Well, so yeah. simple, you know, I know kids have an iPhone in their pocket, but just have a conquer on a string too, why not? You know, um, I remember marbles in, in school. You know, I'm just showing my age now. Um, but uh, but all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, even going back to Dad, just about stuff that he had in his pockets. Dad used to get me those really big, large st- steel barbarians. You know, oh, from yeah, the, yeah. I remember them so well, I'd use yeah. those for marbles, and it was like... A dominant, you know, you you just smash every marble with these metal <laughs> with these metal balls out of out of engines and whatever. So yeah, yeah. very good. He was a great inspiration to you, obviously. Definitely, there, yeah, 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 yeah. Big loss. I mean, even after when um when when dad had passed, I the next stunt I did was the the large one I did in, up in Northern Ireland in the BBC, and I remember telling dad that that was kind of in the, the wings as he was about a couple of weeks before he passed, and um and he was like, look, you know, do it if you if you if, you, if you're confident in it, I'm confident in it, kind of thing. But dad was a big help with the. With the training and some of the stuff I did early on, you know, yeah, lovely memories to have anyway, which is the main thing. Absolutely. So again, the Irish tour. Uh, if people want to go online, they can see that. Yes, Steve Spade Magic yeah. and on the socials as well, Steve Spade all over the place, and uh, they're all the same. Steve Spade Magic everywhere. So you'll find the tour, and the tour is the Lost Magic tour. Very good. But you will make your way to Tipperary. Absolutely, there will be a Tipperary date. Yeah, okay. and I'll pop in. I'll do something else from the show, maybe closer to it. Very good indeed. We enjoyed that, didn't we, Ali? Yeah, great I'll fun. Tell you yeah. now, you can keep that trap. It'll be great. There's some people I have in. Mind for it. Yeah. Right. Thanks very much, Steve. Uh, news and information is coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.
Thanks, Pat, and uh, you're very welcome back to Tip Today. Uh, 083 311 for your text and your WhatsApp. We had a uh, magician, Steve Spade, with us uh, a little earlier on, just uh, before the news, in fact. Uh, but Donald was on, who's a bit of a wag out there, and he says, I have a fix now, Fran, for the health service. All you have to do is get Steve Spade to wave his magic wand and sure won't it all be well. Well, there you go. Well, they've tried everything else, Donald. So you never know. That might be uh, an option. As usual on a Thursday, delighted to be joined in the studio now by Muriel Cuddy, who's CEO of Marito 8020, the clinic in Clanmill. Good morning to you, Muriel. What do you think, waving waving a a magic wand over the health service? I don't know, to be honest now. I think uh, there'd want to be magic dust and, yeah, 15 million other things to go with it. That's uh, for sure. Uh, Before we talk about the topic today, the competition we did a couple of weeks ago, how how did that go for you? Uh, Fran, it was a massive success. So yeah. yesterday was the day that we actually opened the doors to the Tip FM listeners yes. to say, listen, if you book in, um, you can have a free consultation with our aesthetic doctor. We had 13 people, so every single person showed up. Um, it was just brilliant because the feedback, so we were all there, we were all able to meet them and chat yeah. and whatever it was. It was men and women, so it wasn't just females or whatever. Oh. Uh, so they were able to meet us, but the, the feeling or the feedback in the initial was the hesitancy to actually, people have been thinking about having something done in the aesthetic world. Now, it, it, it doesn't even have to be like as in anti-wrinkle injections. People had different things wrong mm, that yeah. were bothering them, but they were very hesitant. But this has been in their head for a long time. And this opened the door yesterday and they were able to come in and I rang or Charlotte actually rang everybody this morning to say listen how was yesterday how did you get on and she said to me as I went out the door Muriel it was just fantastic Isn't everybody was delighted yeah. and yeah and, and I suppose for us it's so important in Ireland we're very quiet we're reserved when it comes to certain things yeah. and you're terrified people are going to talk and you're terrified you shouldn't do things and you're supposed to do the right thing or whatever for us it's literally the door is open all the time Fran and just to come in and have a chat, is it's so important because we understand our world is private and we understand our world is probably a little bit different for people that are 50 plus. Mm, so mm. it's taking that initial step and actually realising. And is it the case, Muriel, that some of the concerns that people have, they're kind of ashamed to have them almost because they feel that people might think them trivial in it's some exa- way. It's is like that? in Ireland, like... You look lovely today. Where's that from? Ah, that's only pennies. Do you know what I mean? Or you, you don't play everything. Everything yeah, like your hair looks lovely. Ah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Every single thing. You're not supposed to look well. If you look really well, like there's something wrong with it. You're not supposed to like feel well. You're not supposed. You run yourself down at every hand's turn. And I don't know is that to make the other person feel better, but like they give you the compliment because they want to give you the compliment. Yes. So that's changing slowly but surely. I think that people are actually realising, you know, yeah. they can do something but for themselves. And it's not a sin to look after yourself. No, and they're actually yeah. realising this, the 50 plus, 67, 67 even yesterday was like a real age th- that we saw, saw a, a lot yes. of people on, that you can actually do this. This doesn't have to be for the younger generation because we kind of move through life very fast and all of a shot you're looking at younger people getting the nails and getting the bits and pieces done and you think And it's also not the me. biggest surprise to me is men. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We had like maybe five men in yesterday and like exactly the same mindset as women and exactly the same as in, I just want to refresh I just want to look a little bit better or maybe something wrong is in, you know, hair yeah, loss or whatever yeah. and they wanted something in relation to hair loss and see what they could do, which, like, we can do that, you know. And just the delight yeah. and the relief. 
And is it the case that sometimes it's just advice almost as well? Um, Yesterday, the advice piece was massive. So every single person had an hour with the doctor. Mm. And that for us is massive. We don't want him to come out after 10 minutes. We want him to sit down and we want him to chat. We don't want him to feel under any pressure whatsoever. You don't have to have anything done. That's Mm. a massive, like for us, once you come in, you sit and chat and there's a plan put in place. And the plan is put in place in relation to what you think you need done, what the doctor actually feels you need done. Mm. Because your face is literally like, like if you're painting the house, you can paint the skirting board, but then you're looking at the wall and then you're looking at the ceiling mm, and then mm. you're looking at the curtains. Course, yeah. So yeah, it all yeah. comes together. And then for people's budgets, because it's not, um, it, it, it can be, it can be an expensive world mm. if you delve deep into it. So you have to be very realistic and upfront to say, listen, I have X amount and I have this for the next 12 months. So that can all be put together in the first visit and you don't even have to have any treatment or anything. That's very interesting. So are you going to look after Tip FM listeners in the future Oh yeah, as well, totally. So yeah. we, because of yesterday, um, we're going to extend it uh, to Tip FM listeners until Christmas time. So all they have to do when they ring Charlotte is mention Tip FM. So okay. if they mention Tip FM, consultation is normally 150 euros with the doctor for the hour. Um, it's free. But I have to state this is on the aesthetic side. Mm-hmm. So it's not on the health side. Okay. So it's on the aesthetic side. But all yes, right. consultation okay. is free. And we'll give out that uh, number in just a little while as well. You're going to talk to us about something that's kind of close to my heart, close <laughs> to all my bits and pieces indeed. It's glucotoxicity. What the? What is that? Um, I'm actually laughing here because you know the biggest um, piece that people talk to me about in the last couple of weeks, Fran, um, since you weren't here last week, the week Mm. before. Do you remember I showed you the sugar Chick, the donut chicken. Oh, I know, yeah. So, so many people loved your reaction. And I was like, you're not supposed to love his reaction. gorgeous. I was giving out to him. <laughs> so many people loved your reaction. So I think a lot of the listeners are more on your page than my page. But I'll stay beating away my drum anyway for as long as I'm allowed. And, so. and why not too? So we're talking about sugar, glucotoxicity. So yeah. is that sugar poisoning or it, something? It's literally. It? So it's a serious condition and it's a term used to describe the harmful effects of glucose on the body's cells. Literally. Yeah. So it's when the body unable to use sugar properly okay and I suppose we're finding more and more of it if you're um, addicted to sugar sugar addiction can be um, exactly the same as like nicotine or morphine that's literally within the body but there's so many different things if you're addicted to sugar or you have too much sugar in your body what are the different um, signs and signals what can happen within the body right so I'm just going to read out a few Fran okay so this isn't to frighten people really but I suppose and these cross over and it's one of the things that it's very hard to actually sugar poisoning the glucosicity side of how do you figure out whether whether it is sugar poisoning or it is something else so you definitely have to go and get it checked out if you have some of these that are serious enough so I suppose the first ones are the general ones is in headache, hunger, sugar cravings, mood swings, fatigue, brain fog, energy levels, things like that. And then it goes on down along. So, And I deal with these every day. So like acne breakouts, tossing and turning at night that you can't sleep or you sleep until two o'clock and then you're awake mm. and you're tossing and turning for the night. Um, higher rates of obesity, the, you're, you're type 2 diabetic or like pre-diabetic every single day I see this. The increased risk of autoimmune conditions and chronic illness. I see this every day and people don't realise it's actually like can be dietary related. Higher risk for heart attack and strokes dental cavities, um, higher risk for substance use di- substance use disorders because this sugar leads to your medication side, lower life expectancy, uh, memory problems, ADHD, ADHD symptoms like impulsivity, focus problems, hyperactivity. I see a lot of that as well and people don't realise in kids and I talk to parents about that a lot as in the ADHD side have they actually delved into the gut issues and have they actually uh-huh. looked at what they're eating and their diet and that kind of thing. And that's so prevalent. Oh sure, it, it's like you're hearing it every single day aren't yeah. you and you know what yeah. do I do with them and they're hopping around the place I remember my eldest fella Calpol was my first trigger to actually realise 
that he sugar just wasn't for him. If I gave him a spoon of Calpol, he'd actually run around the kitchen table about 50 times and I couldn't stop him. Right. This was when he'd have like a temperature or whatever. But that was the highlight so that for me. that is a syrup, isn't it? That's yeah, sugar-based. Sugar. Yeah. To- yeah. Total yeah. sugar, yeah. yeah. So yeah. parents need to be really aware of that. Increased risk for Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease. And then going on to the other side of it, I suppose, when you're talking about, say, the intolerance issues along with sugar, because sugar increases the bad bacteria in the gut, which is mm. like some of it can be candida and you know how bad candida can be in the gut. So you're talking about other things like anxiety and depression. Then the memory problems come with it, like um, learning, thinking. And again, think of the younger and even think of you can't concentrate in a book and you get Mm. five minutes maybe or you can't concentrate in telly and stuff like that. I get a lot of that. And then the chronic pain, that's one of the massive ones, like the inflammation. And even if you've had like hip operation or knee operation, inflammation won't go down. If you don't look after the gut issues, it's not going to go down. And then the other side then, I suppose the bloating and diarrhoea. I'm getting a lot of that. Chills are involuntary shaking. The craving side is huge. Um, and uh, yeah, it can go on and on. I, I leave it at that for now because we can go on to cell well, damage and we can go on to organ damage. It's huge. There, there are so many different things, Fran, and people don't actually realise it. And it, like, you can put a lot of this down to other things. Like, people come into me and they'd say, you know, I have fibromyalgia and I have this and I have that. And they, they have a list as long as your arm. Mm, but mm. it's funny when we actually really simplify things. And was it? Dr. Mary Ryan or Michael yesterday, Michael yesterday, I think I heard about five or ten minutes, Yeah, Mm. actually said about simplifying things. Yeah. And when we do simplify, simplify it all for somebody and come back to the right level on this, you actually see what they think they had um, disappearing or the symptoms going completely, you know. And uh, by that you mean simple meals with simple ingredients with no processed food or um, little processed? It's funny, like, say you're supposed to have very, at the very most, six teaspoons of sugar a day. Right? So that's 25 grams of sugar. Like, most people have double, if not triple that. And, like, it's not that we we don't even know sometimes because, like, it's in everything. It's mm-hmm. in bread, it's in fruit, it's in, like, it's in, it's added to so many different things, like, and no one size fits all. So, like, your tolerance to sugar would be completely different to my tolerance. And, of course, the more sugar you have, mm-hmm. the more intolerant your body's going to be, or the more tolerant your body's going to become. So, like, everybody is different. Mm. And it's funny because I get this a lot too. So people think they're doing really well. So they try and cut out sugar out of their world and they up things like fruit and they up other areas in the world. But there's a lot of, um, say, fructose in fruit. So fructose in fruit, like, that's the sugar in fruit, sometimes can be more harmful than glucose, which we get from starch. So, like, starch, Uh you know, from potatoes and from that kind of thing turns to glucose. Now, I'm not talking about the other oses like the dextrose, dextrose and all of those that are added to things mm. just the natural ones first of all so you have to get that piece right because if your body is intolerant to sugar you're talking about all types of sugar so you need to like literally go back to the basics and if somebody was or I thought they had sugar intolerance like I would even limit fruit to like say maybe two or three pieces of fruit a day I would make sure they have that but and I'd even go on the lower sugar fruits so I'd go on like berries and apples and things N- like not that not bananas you know? and not bananas and not grapes and not what I would call even the more exotic ones say like pineapple and yeah, you know yeah. your, your, your yellow watermelon and mango and things like that that taste really sweet so you know they're very sweet you know mm. so yeah it's interesting it's, for people out there that don't have issues with this I have to say God knows I have enough experience of it. it's a very real addiction it, it is a real addiction. It's a very like, I mean, I enjoy, a, as you know, a glass of wine or two. Yeah. I would find it much easier not to have my glass of wine, but it's my bar of chocolate is the killer yeah. for me. You know, there's actually, um, some people have a specific hormone that makes them um, want sugar okay. or, or, or really uh, crave sugar. Um, it's called FGF21. And it, it literally determines a person's preference for like sweet or savoury. Wow. So it's a bit like whether you love um, uh, Brussels sprouts or not. Right. You know, that okay. piece. So like there is a very real 
thing there in relation to your hormones, you know, your taste buds too, I think. That's one of the things, isn't it? We used to talk about, you know, they talk about the, the caveman diet and that. But like people did, they used to take in as much food as they could so that um, they were able to um, have it for, say, yes. for, you know, say wintertime or whatever. But it was the sweet stuff that they actually loved, you know, and that was like to satisfy, but that was also to put the weight on. So that they actually had the weight for then, you know, for yeah, wintertime. But there were very real reasons for but it. But there was, yeah. re- there was yeah. real reasons. But yeah. yeah, but it was always there, as in, you know, that, that piece of it was there. Mm. The other thing is, if you have a lot of bad bacteria in your gut, so your microbiome is wrong and that candida, etc., is there, well, you're going to want more sugar. Your body will crave more sugar. So that's literally like... To feed that, To feed it, it. yeah, okay. yeah. And like even your brain, your dopamine and serotonin come from the gut. They're your feel-good hormones. Mm. If you have a lot of bad bacteria there, you're not going to get the same feel-good factor from your gut. So right. your brain will want to take it from somewhere else. It'll get its hit from sugar. So it will continue to look for more sugar. So like if you, within 30 minutes of eating, want something again, if it's the wrong food, your body will go back and your brain will want more of that hit. And if there are people out there who would say, yeah, that's me, how do you wind yourself off this? Because this is no easy thing to do. Can I, have I got two minutes just to tell people the different organs in the body, how sugar affects it? Yeah. I hate scaremongering. But in a way, I love it mm. because I think if it helps one person yeah, just course, pull back, yeah. I think it makes a big difference. Don't scare me. You yeah, always so I'm do going every to scare, weekend, I am, yeah. yeah so he's going to sit back now and give I out am, to me yes. at the end of this. But anyway, yes. right. So if you have giant pain, you know that anyway. That's inflammation in the body. That's number two, number one. The second one is your skin. So a side effect of inflammation is it'll make your skin age faster. So I work with this in the clinic. So if somebody's going to get a, a skin treatment done, we've got to work on the immune system as well. If there's a high level of sugar, a high level of inflammation, excess sugar, sugar attaches to proteins in your blood and it creates harmful molecules called AGESs. This is advanced glycogen end products. These molecules do exactly what they sound like. They age your skin. So they damage collagen and elasticity in your skin. These are the protein fibres that keep your skin uh, young and youthful. So wrinkles. So too much sugar. Get rid of it if you've wrinkly, saggy skin. Your liver. So this is a big one. So an abundance of added sugar um, likely contains fructose or high fructose corn syrup. We've heard of that a lot. Fructose is processed in the liver and in large amounts it can damage the liver. So what happens? It's broken down the liver and it's transformed into fat. I am seeing so much of this, Fran, that I wouldn't have seen 12 months ago or even two years ago. Non-alcoholic fatty liver. It's an, ex- uh, um, uh, an excess of fat buildup in the liver. So I'm seeing a lot of that. And the other one is non-alcoholic cetohepatitis. So that's NASH. It's fatty liver, literally, and it's the scarring of the liver. And that literally cuts off the blood supply to the liver and that develops into psoriasis and you need a transplant, right? But it's the non-alcoholic fatty liver is the sugar piece, right? Then your heart, when you eat or drink too much sugar, so you can drink too much sugar as well, the extra insulin in your bloodstream can affect your arteries all over your body. It causes the walls to get inflamed. They grow thicker than normal and more stiff and it stresses the heart and damages it over time. So that's heart disease, like heart failure, heart attacks and strokes and stuff like that. 25% of your calories, um, if they come from sugar, you're twice as likely to die from heart disease. Wow. Okay, so you really have to watch that. Your pancreas, so we know the pancreas pumps out insulin. When you're eating way too much sugar and your body stops rep- responding properly to insulin, your pancreas pumps out even more insulin to try and make up for it. So eventually your overworked pancreas will break down and your blood sugar levels will rise and then you're set up for type 2 diabetes. So again the pancreas your kidneys if you if you have diabetes too much sugar can lead to kidney damage even the pre-diabetic side you've got to really watch this the kidneys play an important part in filtering your blood once your blood sugars reach a certain level the kidneys start to release excess sugar into your urine so that's why we check the urine if left uncontrolled diabetes can damage the kidneys which prevents them from doing their job filtering out waste out of the body and you know it can lead to kidney failure but like we see excess sugar in the kidneys you know 
all the time. Your body weight, of course, that's, and this is one of the ones like it can increase your weight. So even it, it, it inflames the fat cells and they release chemicals. So like even if your calorie um, allowance, somebody's on like a thousand calories, uh, but 50% of his sugar and somebody's on a thousand calories, but they're eating more protein and fat, it increases the fat cells, the sugar, whereas the other piece doesn't. So like you might be like watching your calories. And then the last one, I suppose, this is for the men. If you're a man, you, you may want to skip. I'm always on the men, aren't I? You the are, dessert yeah. or, or the alcohol or whatever, because sugar may impact the chain of events. Yeah, needed for whatever later on. <laughs> it affects the circulatory system, yes. lads. So it controls the blood flow throughout the body. So, um, yeah, yes. lay off the wine. Lay, lay off, off the, 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 the yeah, chocolate biscuit cake. Or the so chocolate come on, tell, tell us how we can sort of get ourselves off this because it is I keep saying this this is a real addiction it's a real addiction and you know um, a sugar addiction is exactly the same to come off it it's like coming off nicotine it's like coming Mm -hmm. off anything else it takes three to ten days of of really tough um, physical and psychological symptoms so the psychological take about three to four weeks Fran but the physical take about three to ten days and and people message me after being in with me and they're saying to me Muriel is it possible like I'm, I'm really sick like I, the nauseousness and I'm actually vomiting and the headaches and the, the, the insomnia and yeah. all of those things are all there. Like sugar withdrawals are the same as coming off anything else. So you have to be aware of them. And the psychological side, like so chills and sweating, the increased um, fatigue, you will be knackered out completely for a week if you're coming off sugar. So you need to just realise it is the sugar. It's leaving the body. The, the gut is trying to switch itself on and good bacteria come back again but the psychological side like that's there like like the ADHD you will feel restless and un- unable to focus like and the agitation and the hyperactivity um, all of that is all there on the psychological side of coming off sugar but within yeah. three to four weeks you start coming good and if you want to come off sugar there's a few things right um, chromium is ab- absolutely excellent mm. as a mineral right that's yeah, one I of found ones. that very helpful Did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah chromium is really mm. good magnesium is really good as in to help relax the body in that, right? You definitely have to up, you have to eat three meals a day. So definitely eat your breakfast, lunch and dinner and don't feel I'm just going to cold turkey mm. this completely. And try and do the best choices you can. Forget about like small amounts of food. Eat enough until you're sated. So like if you have eggs, avocado and brown bread at breakfast time, you're full. If you have a decent bowl of porridge, two or three, even four wheat bricks if you need it mm. and you put seeds or something on it with your milk and that, you're full. 11 o'clock then should be like nuts, maybe like a good Greek yogurt or something like that, you know, your berries, but something really substantial again. And then your lunch at this time of the year, you're talking about your soups put things into the soups like chickpeas and kidney beans and stuff it's an unsaturated fat protein and it'll fill fill the body a lot quicker than anything else and when you talk about kicking the sugar habit you're not just talking about the sugar in the tea or the sweets or the obvious things there's a lot of stuff that's hidden you really there. have to go back to the start yeah and yeah. one of the things for me is the diary the, 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 the writing it down yeah. because once you start writing it down you'll actually start f- f- uh, figuring out very fast well I shouldn't have that and I shouldn't have that and I, I suppose this is the piece I feel really sorry for people on um, Fran as in the education piece if you don't know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And how do you find out? Mm-hmm. And and people say to me, like, I thought I was doing really well. And they'll sit back in the chair and they'll say, Jesus, I'm disgusted. I've, like, put a full month into this. And, you know, I, I was really going nowhere, you know. So the education piece is massive. It's so it's huge, you yeah. can try and educate yourself. Uh, May was on to us to say, Fran, I gave up cigarettes and chocolate two years ago. You're absolutely right. I craved for the chocolate and I never missed the cigarettes. Isn't that incredible? It'll just... It, it, I, I've goose pimples even as she says that because yeah. I, it's one of the pieces... I said to you, I put a piece up on social media and there was like 70,000 views on it yeah. about sugar. 
I've met people out and they've said to me, I saw that piece you've done on Sugar Muriel. It's a huge, huge deal for people that feel they're not addicted to something mm. or that you'd never get addicted to something. But when you actually talk about it, they actually realise, well, yeah, I am actually addicted to sugar. And I think one of the pieces ran on the withdrawal side. If you can try and stop focusing on, say, the emotional aspects of food, I say that a lot, and talk. look at the nutritional side. So when somebody just comes Just explain in, that. Is that where we use food to make us feel just yeah, a little bit better? Yeah, and I talk to people on as in, if you focus on the health side, so yeah. if you eat for health, so if we get to a certain age, we have to eat for health. So about 40, 45-ish, if you don't look after yourself, you're going to, everything I've said here, you're going to be knackered in the morning. You know, you're going to feel miserable during the day. You're not going to be able mm. to concentrate. You'll mm. have the You're going to have that. But if you focus on food for health and you stop thinking about the diet side and you stop thinking about the weight side and you stop worrying about that side, it comes together very fast. And that's the success of what I do in the clinic because I will always say to somebody, I don't put anybody on any scales or body analysis machine or I don't do any of that the first time they come in unless they specifically Mm. ask for Mm. it. I'll deliberately steer away from it and I'll say, we'll go from the health side. You've given me all these issues that are wrong. I can do A, B and C. You give me a hand to buy into it with me yes. and we'll conquer it. And we do, because when they focus on the health side and they come back, they say to me, do you know what? I feel better. And that's the starting place because it gets easier then. Isn't it just indeed? If people want to talk to you or talk to your colleagues, how can they do that? Yes. OK, so there's a thing called urge surfing. I just want to say that in the end, right? Yeah. Think, put that in your head, that word, urge, urge surfing. surfing. Yes. So that's when you want to eat something wrong. You picture you're on a wave. So the wave goes up. That's the urge. The wave goes back down. The urge is gone. So if you can surf the waves, as in the urge surfing, you can kind of help yourself nullify Very the cravings and stuff. Indeed. Give okay. us that, uh, that uh, phone number if people want to talk to you. Yes, so it's 05261 Okay, and again, if they say Tip FM? All they've got to do is mention Tip FM and they have a free health consult for an hour. Oh, sorry, aesthetic consult for an hour with Dr. Juan. <laughs> yeah. All right, great to see you, Muriel, and thanks very much indeed. Muriel Cuddy there of Marito 8020 in uh, Clonmel. We'll take a break. 26 past 11 right now. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Now, Joanne, I'm not uh, forgetting you. Thank you for your query there about the smart meter tariffs and all of that. But we'll put a little bit of work into it for you, Joanne, and I'll have some, uh, hopefully I'll have something for you on that uh, tomorrow. But thank you for your your query. Um, Down your way, Eamon is in Killinall for this week's Down Your Way. Here's a little taste of what you can expect this Saturday morning. Willem O'Grady is with me. Eamon, you're welcome back to Killinall. It's a real pleasure to be here, Willem, and uh, indeed, uh, in front of your own family and friends and neighbours and guys that went to school right. to you and all the rest. Right, right. You had, you had Edward on a while ago. Now, we're not the same O'Grady's. OK. <laughs> they were the rich ones. We were the poor ones. <laughs> it's great to have your help. That's what it's all about, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. I'm 85 years of age now, so I'm still going strong. Isn't that an age tribute, isn't it? 85 years young. <laughs> Well, you taught a lot of these people around here that's giving you a round of applause now. Well, I didn't actually. I was over the road a little bit over in the lovely little village of Drangan. 
Oh, a lovely place, yeah. Yeah, so a little bit away from here now. Yeah, yeah. I had a few of the lads here over there, all right, but we okay. won't talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> you have a great memory, of course, and indeed, it's both of the GA and... Uh, tell us about the early times of the GA and Killinall. Well, strangely enough, the first person from Killinall to win an All-Ireland medal was a guy called Thomas Maher, and that was in 1889. Long time ago. A long time ago. Now, Thomas played with a Dublin club and his day won the All-Ireland. So he won the All-Ireland for Dublin. OK. But we're going back a long ways. In uh, 1916, we had, we had two, two on the team. We had Ned Croke and... and uh, oh, I can't think of the other man now. That's OK. That's OK. Mm. But all of those guys made a huge contribution to the sport, didn't oh, they? Oh, they did. They did. They did. Mm. Going on along the way, then, the next... Great was Tom Ryan, the great Tom Ryan, the Lord of Mercy in him. We buried him there a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. A fantastic hurler altogether. On to Donny O'Connell. And, of course, after that, they flew in. We had All-Ireland medal holders every week with Festy and with Cairn and with Bubbles and the whole lot of them. Yeah, all great hurlers, all great players. So where did all the greatness come out of all of a sudden? All of a sudden, I suppose it had to be the air, I'd say, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a, a little bit of work in the bog, maybe, you know. That, that had to be good for him. It surely had, yeah. Bend in the back and all the rest. All right, the whole lot of it, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's a great story about... Tell us about Shilly Varta just down the road. Well, of course, everybody knows about the chalice. Mm-hmm. Flan. We're very proud of Flan now. Once we went, mind you, we used to keep away from it, but now we all go down to it. And um, the Webbs found the chalice, I think, it was, was it 1980? Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, it made Killinall famous, just as Rachel made it famous recently again. So we have something to keep us in the limelight the whole time, Eamon. It surely have, we in have. fairness, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the great find of uh, the chalice was just magnificent, wasn't it? Oh, sure, it was fantastic. And poor Johnny Fahid, a lot of mercy him. He was our local councillor. He had a huge plan that they'd make a replica of the chalice and that it would be here in Killinall. But unfortunately, Johnny passed away, the Lord of mercy on him. But it's, it's, and the replica never came, no. But it still can be achieved, can't it? It can be achieved, yeah. 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 The echo was from this pub tonight. It'd definitely achieve anything, as far as I can see. Right. <laughs> They're good people. Killinall people are good people. Absolutely. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, lots of other stories about, about the hills of Killinall, isn't there, and the great song? Oh, sure. Davy was the man that mm. composed that. And which of the O'Donnells was it, lads? Liam. Liam, was it? Yeah. And that, that put Killinall on the map as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's Dav- Davy, do you remember Davy? Mm-hmm. Davy now had very little hair. Now, he was something like Seamus, the other night. But he, he put up a little picture up on the wall that said, God only made so many perfect heads, the rest he covered with hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice one. That's a nice one. Yeah, you, of course, every Christmas you bring out a, a booklet for, for the year. Well, it hasn't happened now since the COVID came. OK. But I think it's gone back again with a new team this year. And hopefully they'll be very successful and that everybody will help them out. Absolutely. Yeah. Just a thought that strikes me as I'm looking at the other O'Grady, Edward O'Grady. Yeah. Do you ever give him a ring and he, or he ring you and tell you he's going to win at 25 to 1? 
<laughs> well, I meet him down at centre at times, but I think he dodges me, actually. <laughs> Well, it's always a brilliant programme, isn't it? Uh, that's uh, Eamon O'Dwyer there, my friend Eamon O'Dwyer, and uh, Down Your Way, just a little of Down Your Way, and, uh, of course, uh, Saturday morning from 10 o'clock, you can enjoy all of that. Now, local award-winning filmmaker Nicholas Ryan Purcell recently completed a new documentary about a woman named Mabel Wallace from Shinrone, who is nearing the age of 100. Now, the documentary will get its first screening in Nina's Omniplex Cinema on the 8th of November, and I'm delighted to say that Nicholas uh, joins me in studio. Now, good morning to you, Nicholas. Good morning, Fran. You're very welcome. And thank you once again for having me to speak on the show. Well, it's lovely, lovely to see you. You're no stranger, of course, to making uh, documentaries. Will you just remind us about your own documentary, about your own life and your own journey, Nicholas? That was a huge success, wasn't it? Yeah, This Is Nicholas um, was made in 2018. And it ended up screening in 28 cinemas around the country. Um, It was about autism and the response from people was just phenomenal. Mm. And funnily enough, when I went back to cinemas with 100 years of change, the cinemas absolutely jumped on it straight away because I had previous dealings with them and they were very open to showing my work again. But I was just blown away by the response, by the feedback by people telling me that my previous documentary was helping so many people. And and it did, of course, help so many people. But, I mean, you got some international attention with it as well, didn't you? Yeah, I went to Manchester. Yeah. And it won an award in London. Yeah, which is fantastic indeed. So, I mean, I presume then you were looking around at stories and one thing and another. Why did you choose Mabel's story? I chose Mabel's story because... To be frank and honest, my mother pushed me to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Because she said, she said, Mrs. Wallace is so well, her mind is so clear, so why not do a documentary on Mrs. Wallace? And who actually gave me the green light to make the documentary was her daughter, Kathleen. And Kathleen lives in Wexford. And Kathleen is one, is, has two other siblings. But I really have to say that Kathleen was was very brave to have let me make this documentary film. Yes, of course, because, I mean, there's an element of intrusion when you're making uh, movies like this. Tell me a little bit about Mrs Wallace, though. Tell me about her. She's almost 100 years old, isn't she? So Mrs Wallace turned 100 on the 20th oh, of, she? Yes. of September. Yeah. yeah. And I phoned her this morning to saying I'd be on the radio. And... Her mind is so sharp, her voice is so clear, she's still able to drive and definitely it was an intrusion on her home because it took six months to make this documentary film and I could not get over the amount of photographs that she had in her house going way back to her childhood. But also to add realism to the documentary... I went off and I got supplementary interviews with uh, people like I found a transport museum in Two Mile Boris mm. owned by Eamon Medley 
And Eamon Medley actually had a replica of the 1930 car that her father used to drive. Did he indeed? Wow. And yeah. also, I went off to Dunamore Agricultural Museum to get, like, farming implements and butter making. And also, I got the loan of a Singer sewing machine, but also having access to her home place. Prospect in Shinron was an added bonus. Mm. And I just feel making this effort to go off and find these real-life artefacts or to get access to her home place or to try and find the car just added so much value to the documentary to actually see the instrument or to see the vehicle for real. Yes, and what about uh, Mrs Wallace then, or Mabel Wallace? Tell, tell me about what, what makes her so special. I mean, obviously reaching the age of 100 is fantastic, but I mean, she's a very special woman as well, isn't she? Mrs Wallace is very special because she's a kind-hearted lady. She also has a terrific sense of humour because mm. I just love all of the laughs that mm. that the audiences get at the screenings. Yes. And... And so I've had three screenings in Burr and I've had one screening in Clock Jordan and one screening in Roscree and it's just um, heartwarming to hear all of the responses because Mrs Wallace herself is a very humorous lady but also who really made the documentary was the interviewer John Kenny because I do feel that an interviewer either makes or breaks a documentary and because... John Kenny is a very relaxed man and also is related to her. Mm. It meant that Mrs Wallace felt relaxed in her sitting room. And when somebody feels relaxed, the information comes out a lot easier. She has links to World War One, for example, where her uncle was concerned. Will you tell me about that? Because that's Yeah, um her her uncle her uncle um Cecil Kenny mm. was killed in the First World War and and Mrs Wallace talks about going to find his grave mm. and she gets very emotional about that because every time every time his anniversary came up Mrs Wallace's father always says as referred to in the documentary oh that was the that was the day that poor Cess got killed, and and um, it and and therefore Mrs. Wallace has sold poppies all around Shinron because of her connection to the First World War with with her father's brother getting killed in the First World War. Mm. And uh, you, you make the point in the documentary as well. I mean, this was a very tragic event for the family and it, it spilled through the generations, I suppose, Nicholas. Is that fair to say? That's exactly it. Yeah. And it had a huge effect on the family. And even even Mrs Wallace um, had a picture of the actual headstone um, showing where he's buried was actually quite poignant as well. And and also there's a tribute plaque to mm. Cecil Kenny in the Church of Ireland in Chinrone. Very good indeed. Uh, tell me about her, her marriage then. She married a rather remarkable man as well, oh, didn't she? Yeah, yeah uh, Hume Wallace. Yes. She married a man called Hume Wallace. Uh, he inherited Ballincore House in Chinrone. And Hume Wallace... Hugh Wallace's family actually came from quite a wealthy background because they made cattle cake over in Liverpool. Mm. And when that factory was sold in Liverpool, um, 
the, the family then bought three houses around Shinron mm. and 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 therefore Hugh Wallace actually inherited Ballancore House yeah. but he definitely was quite a remarkable man he was also a fine athlete um, and he was disappointed that he couldn't get to um, the 1932 I think 36 Olympics I think the, the 36 thing, yes, Olympics that was the German one yeah yeah, yeah. And um, but he was good enough to go. I mean, he, he was. was yeah. He was a fine athlete, so he was. Yeah. And I really have to say that the community of Shinron were just terrific because I was introduced to this man called Joe Cleary, and Joe Cleary actually knows every single person in Shinron. And it's funny when you're introduced to the one person who knows everybody, then then you're made. <laughs> Absolutely. You have all the material then in front yeah. of you, which, which is great. Um, in terms of her, her 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 100 years, I mean, what does she put down her healthy 100 years to? How, how does she? She puts down her healthy 100 years to not letting anything bother her. Yeah. Because Mrs. Wallace has the ability to brush off anything and remain so positive. Because... She is a, a very positive lady. She has a very positive outlook on life. And even when I phoned her this morning to sing I'll be on the radio, mm. she was in very high spirits. She's just been that type of person that never lets anything get to her. Yes, my understanding is she's Church of Ireland. Mm. Is, she, is her faith important to her? Did that emerge from the... From the interviews as well. Absolutely, she she has a huge um, interest in the Church of Ireland in Chinrone because she was baptised there, she was married there, mm. but also what the family did is they donated an organ in Chinrone Church in honour of her late husband Hume, mm. and uh, yeah. and actually there's a brass plaque on the on the on on the, on the organ in Chinrone. Um, in loving memory of Hume Wallace. Yeah. So Mrs. Wallace definitely has a huge faith. Very good indeed. Uh, do, was she asked, what does she make of 2023? What does she make of uh, the Ireland of today? Uh, did that uh, come up as well, Nicholas? No, no, yeah. Yeah, she she just she is who she is, and she lives the way that she wants to do, which is great. Um, now it's uh, people can view the documentary on the eighth of November. Is that right? Yeah, the eighth of November at the Omniplex in Nina. Now you were saying that's almost sold out, Nicholas. Is it okay? So um, also available then is the Limerick Omniplex on the fifteenth of November, and indeed the IMC in Kilkenny on Monday the 13th and uh, there's booking online there if you want to have a look where that is concerned. Tell me a bit about you as well. You're working. Yeah, I was very fortunate to have been offered my first ever job as a clerical officer in Thurles, County Tipperary. I'm working on Slevenamon Road in a government organisation and I remember I started in June and the first week I was asked by Inspector J. White, what did you do before you came here? Mm. I said to Inspector White, I made videos. Yes. I made documentaries. And Mr. White then asked me one day, he said, Nicholas, your filming skills will come in very handy in the job. So I've already made four videos for the organisation that I'm working for. 
And also, I feel very lucky because in in the job that I'm in, I'm learning a lot about confidence building mm. because the workplace that I'm in, there are very strong personalities in there. Mm. Some people have very strong personalities who who um couldn't care less what they'd say to you. So <laughs> therefore so so therefore I've learnt a lot from that. Yes, yeah. And I'm I'm really, really lucky to have met Mr Ray Maloney mm. because Mr Ray Maloney has taught me a lot about confidence building, how to strengthen myself. He's often give, given me the firm word saying that you slipped down here, mm. and but, but he'd give a reason why you slipped down. And, um, and also I'm intrigued, Fran, that you said that you're very good friends with Mr Golden. Mm, Eddie, Eddie Golden, yeah. yeah. Be- because I, I'll never forget the first day I met Mr Golden. It was in July. I had... I had Already, already done a month in my internship, and mm. I said, "Hello, um, super! Like mm. you, you have to call him super. Mm. You just have to. Mm. That's law in yeah. the place that I'm working in." And he said, "He said, Nicholas, I know, I already know all about you because I've heard you speak on Tip FM many times." And I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> and and also and also, um, I have to give uh, mention to my supervisor, Lucy. Mm. because um, I work in, in a district office and L- Lucy has often given me a firm word as well. But she would always explain why she has to say that. Yeah. And, at yeah. the, and sometimes I dread the one-to-one meetings um, because it usually means trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 yeah. and actually and actually um Lucy actually says to me often, Nicholas, you slip down there and we, we have to work on that. Mm. But at every me- at at the end of every meeting Lucy says, Well done, yeah. you you did great. So it's positive. It's yeah. positive out, out But, uh, but yeah. it's a workplace that I love being in and interestingly they recognised my skills in typing. Mm. So I do a lot of their report typing and I'm very lucky to have a new clerical officer called Alicia yes. and and who's who's helping me to figure out handwriting and also Paul Kennedy and Elaine and also every morning when I come into the into into work the two cleaners Mary and Ellen always say to me well Nicholas good morning to you and it's lovely to get that isn't it just so I'm indeed, I'm very lucky yeah. to work there well, I, I'm delighted that you're happy there because, of course, that's uh, so important as well. Um, are you looking to the future in terms of more? I know it's a bit soon yet, but are you looking to more documentaries? Have you other ideas? The funny thing, Fran, is what I'm considering now is tapping into fiction. Okay. Because yeah. I, I, I was actually at a talk, at a film event talk in Burr recently, and I just felt that filmmakers were kind of more hot on fiction than fact. Mm. So, and and interestingly, a key point that I took away was um, try something you've never done. Mm. And and also, I went to a talk with Jim Sheridan in Burr. I I, I went to attend um, yes, a, a the talk. Great, the great filmmaker, of course. Yes. Yeah. And interestingly, he said to me that he bases all his work on life events, mm. on his own life events. So uh, that was big for me. But I, I really have to say that 
I took away so much from that event in Burr by saying that they base a lot of their movies on actual events. It's very interesting indeed. So you're you're looking, is it fair to yeah, say you're you're, you're lo- looking at the moment? I'd be I'd be a real beginner. Um, but also I want to give a shout out to my family in Clock Jordan hmm, OK, well I know, I know your lovely mum Dorothy and of course your sister Joanne she's, she's on her travels at the moment isn't yeah, she? She's, Wonderful artist of course as well yeah. She's in um, she's actually out in Australia Yeah, yeah. and, and um, she's absolutely loving it there hmm. um, we keep in contact a lot on on WhatsApp, and she's doing remarkably well out in Australia. It's like me being in the job that I'm in on Sleeve Number One Road in Thurles. I'm mm. learning so much about life and so much about confidence building. Very lucky to be in that job. It's the same as my sister going to Australia. I can really see from pictures that her confidence is building a lot. Right, and isn't it great to see that? Nicholas, it's always a pleasure to see you and it's always a pleasure to keep up to date uh, with what you're and, doing. And, and again, I just wanted to remind listeners um, Nina Omniplex is Wednesday 8th of November. Um, Limerick Omniplex Cinema, which is at the Crescent Shopping Centre, is on is, uh, is on the 15th of November mm-hmm. and IMC Cinema in Kilkenny is on the 13th of November. Absolutely, OK. So thank you. It's and and thank you to your researcher, Alison. To Alison, who's producing, yeah. yeah. Well, we were delighted to see you today, Nicholas. And you look after yourself. My best to your lovely family as well. Thank you very much indeed. We'll be back with more in just a moment and I'll have a winner of the Louise Morrissey competition for you. Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tiptoday at tipfm.com.